Welcome to Mo Inspiration, a podcast where we look at young successful individuals. Uh, today we'll be talking about myself. I've got Mr. Ismail Latif, Latif Ismail. Uh, who was right second time. Second, <laughs> I still get confused, but yes, um, he's uh, going to be interviewing me today. Uh, I interviewed him a couple of weeks ago, so that um, that's already up on uh, our social media. So the point of this podcast is obviously just to see the journey through successful individuals what gets them ticking, you know, what have they learned, what information can we provide or lessons we can provide to young individuals who want to succeed in life, maybe not through your most typical way as well. So this whole idea of the podcast is what is just to see how different people have succeeded differently and see whether you as listeners and watch and, and you know, viewers can kind of connect with each individual person and see what kind of traits you have similar what kind of goals that you might have similar towards them and then we'll look at you know and then you can make a decision on how you want to be successful i mean you can always contact us on our social media if you need any information but without further ado i'm gonna leave it to our presenter today which i'm in yeah. the hot seat now oh sure thank you for having me um and i will be i guess keeping this conversation on track and welcome to everyone listening so i guess awesome how about you start us off by telling us, you know, who is Qasim? Oh, Qasim. Qasim is known as uh, Mohammed, uh, Big Mo, Big Cass, the Bearded Traveller. I uh, go by many aliases and those are the good aliases. I've been called many other names behind my back probably. <laughs> <laughs> I can think I of a few. I haven't come up with any yeah. of them. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, I'm a busy individual as well, I like to call myself. Um, I dabble in a lot of things. I'm still trying to reach a level of success, but I think I have reached certain... For me, uh, like we say, you know, success is something obviously subjective, and we always talk about this in our other podcasts. Yeah. And I think some levels I've I've hit there, but some I haven't. So so coming back to that question, who am I? Um, who, who am I? Uh, I'm a... I'm a busy person who still needs to be focused a lot more, I think. That's who I am. Fair enough. Yeah. So, can you tell us some things that you're focusing on right now? You know, this podcast for one. So, yeah. So, the whole idea about this podcast was, obviously, this is something I'm focusing on. It does not generate any money. It actually comes out of my own pocket. Um, it just really comes to inspiring others. I think I, I was never given um, the guidance when I was younger. I didn't learn. I, I wasn't able to learn. I didn't have the resources. And I think I've learned the hard way. I've wasted a lot of money. But I think I'm at this point now where I'm a bit more smarter with how I do things. Think about things a lot more because I tend to rush into things. Mm -hmm. But this is just one thing I'm doing. Um, as you probably know, uh, more knowing me as the bearded traveller. So uh, it started off with just me sharing my trips. I just wanted to share a couple of trips. Again, learning process. Mm -hmm. um, then obviously I would then I thought okay let me how can I expand this bearded traveler I want the bearded traveler to be an experience a little hub of information so hotel reviews airline reviews this was all up and running this took this actually was something in the works for many years and it kept changing the direction of bearded traveler as soon as I got where I wanted to go COVID happened yes and it really put everything on a hold and I had to really think about other things Mm -hmm. um, what else have I got going on? Uh, I cook from home. I've just started uh, cooking and food from home and selling it. Uh, I'm passionate about cooking. I could learn a lot more, but I'm learning as I'm going. Sweet. And 
I'm now just in the process, hopefully by the end of maybe next week, I'll actually launch my own uh, digital marketing company. Inshallah. Inshallah. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, this is what I'm dabbling in at the moment. And uh, long term, this is, and obviously I'm looking at planning some long term goals as well uh, with other businesses as well. But, um, inshallah, we're taking it one step at a time because what I've learned is I rush into things that take on too much. Mm. Um, so, with what you're seeing now with all the, I think, with all the things that I've got going on, you might notice that some things are getting pushed aside at the moment. That's mm-hmm. because some things have to take a, a bit more nurturing before I yeah. can just go, all right, that's doing its own thing. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm dabbling in at the moment. Yeah, no, but that's good. I guess it's, you know, varied focus in multiple things. I guess it allows you to be a bit more creative and it gets you flowing. Yeah. You know, the creative juices are flowing and you get to look at different things from a different viewpoint, right? Because... Say your traveling is one side and you've got, say, the cooking one side. Yeah. By traveling, you experience different cuisine. So you, you know, develop different tastes and then you can bring that back into your cooking as well, right? Yeah. I mean, or do you I see use, it like that? Or I mean, I use, okay, I use something, example, of something like a steak. Okay, yeah. a steak. I, I'm a big steak lover. We know I, you don't like pasta as well. I don't like pasta. Right. So, actually, I had one good pasta that was in Nice. Um, Fair uh, yeah, I, I could eat that all day. And that was a big bowl. You could eat three people out like, of that bowl. But, you know, we firmed it. Um, so I was like, you know what? I live in a predominantly Asian household. Mm. Right? I said predominantly. It's all Asian household. They love chucking spices and marinates and things left, right and centre. To the point you can't taste meat. Yeah. So when I was travelling around the world, I was getting to taste meat. Actual meat, like beef. You can actually taste the meat. Yeah. I was in Morocco and I went to one of the restaurants there. And I actually had a a, a filet mignon, right. and um, that was really nice. That was lightly seasoned. Okay, I thought, all right, let me start learning how to cook it when I got back. So I started getting back, learning, learning, again, just, again, I didn't know about different cuts of steak as well. Mm. And I was like using the cheaper cuts of steak, because obviously I, I, at that time I was still a student. So I was like, there's no way I'm getting you know, the good cuts of steak. So I was learning. I was overcooking it because that's how my parents overcooked food as well. Yeah. I said overcooked. It's overcooked for us. What is a steak? It's a well done. And for um, me, I don't believe in a well done steak. Yeah, everything's yeah. gone out of yeah. it, right? Yeah, everything's gone out of it. The juices, the fats, the flavours, all gone. Yeah. It's really tough. Anyway, so I went to Dubai. And to be honest, when I had that steak, I had a tear running down my face. Are we I was talking like, about... Oh, we're not talking about Nusret. Nusret. Okay, we're not talking no, about we're not Nusret. talking about that. Uh, Sobe. We're not talking about Sobe. Sobe, if I can ever get you one, I hope one day I can. Um, I've eaten at your restaurant. Um, it's nice. The food is nice, but it's it's the name. Of course it's a name. It's, it's a name. Yeah, it's, it's a, a brand. Name. Yeah, it's yeah. good food, but it's not where I want it to be. It's not, it's not the... I had high expectations. Mm. My parents went to the one in Turkey. That's better apparently. I heard. I heard that. Yeah. yeah. Like the comparison, Turkey one's cheaper than the Dubai Buy one, well. and it's better. Yeah. Um. So yes, if I ever go back to Turkey, yeah. that's a different discussion about me going back to Turkey. I didn't like it, but. Uh. So then I went to a different. It was um called Prime Sixty Eight. It's on top of uh one of the hot. It's the tallest uh, restaurant I believe at the time it was when it was made. Um. It's in Business Bay. I'm trying to remember the JW Marriott. I think one of the JW right. Marriotts. Um, I had the steak. It was for a steak, some uh, a little bit of roast potatoes and duck fat. Again, you don't really get halal duck fat in this country. I've no. just found a supplier who were hey. Um, 
So again, having that, you know, what you see that the non-Muslims have, you know, the non-halal, it's like you're looking at it going, oi, I can't get this duck fat. But when I had it there, the whole taste buds were just like jumping around. It shot up. It, it just shot up. And what I was eating, it was amazing. Yes, it was slightly more expensive than what you'd pay here. However, it was Dubai. Yeah, I mean, how, even then having said that, £130 for a, a proper steak, right? A filet mm. mignon, right? Um, it was char-grilled on the outside, medium random in the middle. It was the perfect combination. With the potatoes, a little bit of gravy, a little bit of sauces. I'm not much of a sauce person, so they had the mustards. They let you pick out your own knife as well. Our oh. box of knives, so you cut the steak knife. Uh, it was a whole experience. Yeah. And you know what? I sat there going, you know what? This was well worth £130. I told a lot of people to go back or, you know, but they, they go, no, it's too expensive. Then you see the vids, uh, pictures of them at Nusra and you're like, you pay more than £130 for a steak there. Yeah. And, and you, you know, at the end of the day, it's okay. Each is their own. But, you know, if you want proper food, sometimes you don't have to go to the biggest names. No, that in itself no. has a name, Prime 68. If you actually Google it, best steakhouses in Dubai, that comes up as number one, number two, sometimes depending on whatever site you go on. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, that's what I learned. And I think, obviously, uh, I I did an, uh, was it an internship, yes. It was an internship at uh, in Shanghai. Um, and obviously, having to be a vegetarian for almost a month, not two, yeah, three months. Yeah, because they serve pork with. They said pork with pretty much everything. Yeah. There was one halal place I did find. Uh, flavours were okay. It wasn't enough. But wherever I went, the vegetables were banging. They seasoned the vegetables. Yeah. The way they cooked. The, the way they things. cooked the yeah. vegetables. It's just... In uh, a raw sesame, toasted sesame oil. Yeah. A little bit of soy sauce, a little bit of garlic powder, a little bit of ginger as well. Yes. Get those flavours within the, the, what you call it, the vegetables. It's completely different. I, I used to, and I still sometimes do, I'm still guilty of it, getting a pack of mixed vegetables from the fresh section in Tesco, popping it in a pan, right? Boil it, you know, cook it mm. in, there you go, bland. But, you know, it depends if the meat's very flavourful as well. So. Yeah, of course. But, um, but, you know, I've been on a keto diet here and there, so, you know, it's really good to have something a bit more flavourful within your vegetables, otherwise it gets boring. Especially vegetables, yeah. right? Because it's just like, it's a repeat. Yeah, like, but it's a great filler. Honestly, the more vegetables you have, the freight, the f- quicker you you're full up. More than more than carbs itself, I think. Yeah, fair enough. But yeah, but yeah let, let's loop back right right at the beginning now. You talked okay. about food, also. <laughs> exactly. I think this conversation can carry on. You know, two mm. hours, three hours, just about food. But let's start right at the beginning, right? So, Gasim, tell me where did you actually start off? You know. You were brought up here and then you went to Pakistan. You know, tell me that journey. How how have you come to where you are today? I've come through uh, a lot of uh, moving about. So I was obviously born in Rochdale. Yeah. Uh, been in London most of my life. After I moved when I was four back down to London. I moved down to London with my uncle and, you know, lived in my uncle's house for ages. Right. Um, my parents got a house eventually. Actually, we lived in Wembley. Right. And then we moved over to East London. Wembley, I remember very little of my childhood. All I remember is there was a party. My brother made me miss the party. We're not going to get into the details of how the... <laughs> yeah, but, you know, his his arm got dislocated from his... I don't know. Some... Were you the cause? No, my mum. You know those little reins that you have for the little kids? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he ran and then put and pulled and then came out of his arm. Pop. Yeah, pop. Yeah, no, I miss my friend's birthday party. That's that's as much of a memory I have got about that. Come on, bro. Uh, yeah. How are you gonna pop your arm? <laughs> yeah, yeah, what are you doing? Then? Um, so and then moved over to uh, East London. Um, 
I lived a very sheltered little childhood, and when I came to East London, I knew how rough it was. I had mm. to experience how rough it was. Uh, verbal bullying and physical bullying. I think the physical was a lot worse from the verbal. I think the verbal, it was still it was still bad. The physical, right. but I was beaten a lot. Um, bless my father, he's from back home. He never grew, you know, they did have, you know, they did, you know, as boys do, they squabble. Yeah, they squabble all the time. But he, he doesn't experience, he's never experienced what East London, bo- you know, kids were like at the time. It was, you know, knife crime was still there, but it, was, it wasn't just yeah. broadcasted as much. I remember kids bringing in knives into school at a young age. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, so I was beaten quite a bit. I remember year three to year six, my whole, I think my, I think my primary school, I just did not enjoy. I think right. I've forgotten most of it, you know, subconsciously, I've just forgotten most of it on purpose. Uh, yeah, year seven yeah. went into high school and god you know as year sevens you're you're already a target yeah and then you know and my dad's answer to all my bullying was tell the teachers so what did i do i tell the teachers and um yeah, i got branded as a snake yeah me yeah so was it predominantly asians bullying you or was it, it was asians it was always asians i i tell you I, I i'm a hairy guy i've got hairy arms um but back then i was a hairy child and not many people had experienced something. Oh, oh they must okay, have. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Thinking about it, these kids, right? Pakistani and Turkish dads or whatever dads, right? They, their dads are going to be hairy. You know what I mean? So these yeah. guys now probably were the ones with that beard. Probably thinking, well, I can't grow anything. Up. Yeah, safe yeah. in it. Look at this. Yeah. You know what I mean? And this is, yeah. <laughs> Where's your beard, fam? Uh, but then, uh, you know, uh, year seven, it was uh, really bad. Uh, it get It got really bad for me. I mean, I remember crying quite a lot. Uh, I guess just... On the point where you say physical bullying, right? Like where where was the limit? That there was a limit. I remember it was my birthday, just before our Christmas holidays. Right. And I got chased by about 40, 50 men. In was it playground. called birthday beats? And called then birthday they just beats. Rushed they they kids who didn't even know me for all the years. I remember having to get picked up from the floor with cuts and everything. Uh, and they just did it because because they could. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't. I, I didn't. I didn't fight back in year seven. It was. It wasn't until like towards the last few weeks of year seven so coming up to that i was crying a lot and i think my mum had told my uncle now my uncle uh you know male grant in paradise he's passed away um so um he was a he was a he was a very influential person uh, through for me like year seven onwards he grew up in a tough he grew up in rochdale right where it was predominantly a racist town at that time Fair so enough. being a you know and he was really tough. He was like tough, you know, like his bro- older brother, he was tough. His younger brother, they were all tough. They all grew up. But he was very, very protective, very protective of the family. I remember him, you know, him, like characteristic of being a protector. I mean, I, that's what I saw. I don't know what everyone else saw in the family, but that's what I saw. And I right. saw him as a guy that nobody, you know, he wasn't scared of a fight. He used to say, these kids think they're bigger. There's something else that's always going to be bigger. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And I remember he took me in a drive one day, I think I was crying that all evening, I think my mum must have told him or something, because he took me out for an evening, he was telling me, look, you don't need friends right now, friends are nothing, because, you know, in a couple of years, I'm going to be speaking to him. Yeah. Yeah, you don't need it. I was crying because I didn't have friends. I was crying. It was bad. I was, it was bad. I mean, I remember, I remember, and it's the first time some of my family are going to hear about this, or some of my friends know this, but I remember Forest Gate High School, it was right next to Forest Gate train station. I stood on the platform thinking, should I jump in front of a train? When I was seven years old, in year seven, sorry, and how old uh, I was then. But for me, how dramatic must that been for you to? It just, it just wanted. Way. I just wanted peace. I just wanted peace, but I wasn't getting it. It was like a constant battle going into school, thinking, "Am I gonna get beaten up? Am I gonna get ver- You know, am I gonna get verbally abused? Because the verbal abuse was just as bad. But I think for me, I was able to kind of 
drown some of that out. But that was only because I was getting beaten up. I was more worried about the beating up beings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I was... Um, so then my uncle was like, you know what? you got to start a fighting back. So he just told me to fight back. He goes, you're going to get put on your ass a couple of times. You know, you're going to get put to the ground. But he goes, get back up again. You know what he means? So yeah. He goes, at least you've stood up for yourself. And people, when they start finding out you're standing up for yourself, you're not as easy target. Because they know that you're going to give lip back. You're going to fight back. And for them, they're not having that enjoyment. Yeah. Uh, so, you know. What, okay, now let me yeah. pose a question, right? Say, for example, if you weren't crying at that point, yeah. right? Say in the sense yeah. that you didn't let it get to you. Yeah. Say beating up isn't even yeah, in the question yeah. right now, right? We're just talking about verbal. Yeah. Right? If you didn't say you weren't crying or if you weren't actually showing any reaction or any yeah. form of... Yeah, you weren't just giving a reaction. Yeah. Do you think it would have stopped? Say if you look back at it oh, right now... Oh, the crying was behind closed doors. It okay. Was, it was at home. It was never... But in home. terms of, say, if you didn't show them any reaction... You I know what? Know Sometimes I didn't really show any reaction. It was just unprovoked. They were unprovoked. Okay. They were unprovoked. There was no need. I mean, I did keep quiet. I was quiet in the back. I, what it was difference was I actually enjoyed learning. I was a bit... I, I wasn't a boffin, but I enjoyed learning. I read books when I could. Read encyclopedias. Read books on sharks and stuff like that. Right. And, you know, coming from... And I think that I was being... I like to know the answers to things. Mm. And unfortunately, when I see myself as... Someone sees that, although he's very... He's too enthusiastic in class. Doesn't look too good, does it? I mean, you look like the good... You know, class yeah, like right? literally someone's trying to break out the circle. Yeah. Where are you going, bro? Yeah. Come back. Sit back down. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, you're getting too big for your boots. I wasn't like, oh, where's our homework? Where's our homework? You know, why, you, know you haven't forgot... You know, say you forgot to ask for our homework. It wasn't like that. I just want to know the answers. I remember... But, you know, I still put in, I never let that deter my education. Because yeah. I always want to know. Mm-hmm. It just, I had a rough time of it. And then my uncle was at fight back. My dad was against that. My dad was like, tell the teacher. But at that point, I was like, listen to my uncle. Because I saw him as being, you know, the, the, the strong uncle. Yeah. And the guy was six foot something, you know, he was big. And I was like, all right, cool. I remember, I remember, like, I remember my cousin. She's a year, year So when I moved into year eight, Mm-hmm. I started fighting back. I was suspended about 14 times in that year. Internal suspensions, get put on red cards or whatever they were called. Just for standing up, I was getting in trouble. I didn't care at that point. I really but couldn't. Then why are teachers... Again, that's the teachers to blame, right? Or oh, that's yeah. The they, they, it's not their problem, is it? They, they don't want to see it, you know? I... But why are they putting the victim in trouble? If we call... You because know, you because cause you're acting out of the ordinary... It kind of is projected. But are you? But you're getting treated out of the ordinary as well. Like for them, that's a normal thing, isn't it? Until some, you know, it's, it's a shame. You know what I mean? But the, I got to that point where I couldn't tell the teachers. Yeah, Wasn't because it? they were useless. Yeah, they were useless. What was I going to get? Yeah, they would tell somebody off, and that person would come and take retribution. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it was, it was more the physical stuff that I was scared of rather than the verbal stuff. And when they were physically hurting you, they weren't getting in trouble or no, suspended. No, they some didn't even, when I fought back, they were getting suspended as well. But so when they beat one up, they don't get in trouble. No, they don't. But when it's a two-way fight, yeah. then they get suspended as well. I tell, I, tell, okay, I tell you something. Even my uncle. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was kid. Yeah, his name was Ollie. Right. Right. He might follow me. He might. I don't know where he is in this life. Uh, you know, um, he um he was leaving halfway through the year. I believe halfway through year eight. And um, he said on his last day he wanted to come and beat me up, right? Just for, the te- for just because he wanted to. Him and his boys. So 
my younger cousin who was in year seven found out found out something about this. I don't know how from people talking, right. and told my uncle. So obviously I told the teachers anyway because it was going to be something that was going to happen outside of school. Yeah. Um, my uncle somehow managed to get his address. Right. right. My uncle took me to that guy's house in the evening, called out the parents, shook his dad up differently, and said, "Get your son out now. One on one fight. Forget him and his boys." One-on-one fight. That boy was crying. He was scared to come out of his house. Yeah? What just happened to yeah, me? Yeah, yeah, what just happened to me? Yeah. Yeah? Because you ain't you, ain't you when you, you ain't got your boys. You're mm. not a big man. Mm. And I think that's what... I, you know, I saw my uncle doing all this, and you know, but he was very protective. Once he started finding out, obviously, you know, he, he was very protective. And, you know, the fact that I was learning to fight back... Um, I, you know, just hit back, just scroll, scribe. I didn't know how to punch and stuff like that. He taught me how to punch a little bit, but even though you're year seven, year eight, there's not much fighting school you have. You just scrap. You're just angry, right? Yeah, like, yeah, you're yeah. just literally just. I, you know what? I was I was a fairly chubby kid, so I had a bit of weight with me as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. So if you were to throw something, yeah, it'll, it'll it's work. gonna hurt. So yeah, I remember getting suspended. I think it was like thirteen, fourteen times, wow. and um, I remember to the point like you know when they say um, my cousin, she was in year seven and she was getting harassed by these two people in year nine and she came up to my right. form and i know these two year nine boys they don't like me there's two of them they're older than me right, right. And, I, and you in were my, year eight yeah i was in year eight okay. and without even thinking i switched on them both i got beaten into a corner i was on the floor i got dropped to the floor however i still stood up for my cousin who's yeah. The, yeah. and her dad yeah. was the one that was telling me to stand up so you know what i mean i remember that quite clearly i remember that incident quite yeah. clearly and, and what then are these two, two doing now uh, don't know, but as far as and I'm concerned, I've forgotten their names, but, but I know a lot of them went to prison. A lot of these men went to prison. I, yeah. I hear it every so often that someone's going to prison. Um, But yeah, so now, uh, year eight, uh, things happen at home and stuff like that, and we're like, we thought, right, let's just move to Pakistan. Right. It wasn't it was a discussion, it was, alright, we're going to Pakistan. Was like, there wasn't a costume, you want to go to Pakistan. It was a pack your bags, we go. You know what? I might have been asked. I'm not gonna be. I'm. You know, I might have been asked about it. But well, yeah. But you know, what am I gonna know? I might yeah. have said yeah because I want to get out of this whole cycle. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. And went went to a private school in Pakistan for right. two years, two separate schools. Yeah. Did the situation improve there? Um, <laughs> I uh, had a lot of anger issues as a result. Uh, yeah, as fair a enough. It's a built-up anger, right? Like I remember tossing a chair towards my teacher. And those are the big chairs with the desk attached to it. But what did the teacher do to deserve? A so desk they wanted they wanted head. to expel me actually, but the uh, you know what um, in the first school they wanted uh, so what we believe that one of the vice one of the higher people up in the in in the school it's a bit different how they do you yeah. got a chancellor vice chancellor and then somebody else he goes all right come sit in my office he goes obviously you're transitioning you're moving on he goes you got so much anger in you I can see it I can see it at that point I had so much anger in me I was dangerous. Okay. I want to, and this anger lasted for so many years after. I tell right. you, know, we'll come into that. And that was because of the bullying, of fe- not feeling, in, you know, in control. Yeah. And he was like, "All right, you know what? Read this. Pe- read a page of Quran, because by then I learned how to read Quran. Um, I went to uh, Monday to Friday after school in the madrasa in the yeah, mosque. Fair enough, yeah. And I was able to read fluently, and alhamdulillah, I had good teachers. And um, he goes, read that page. But you got, I can guarantee you now, you can't read a page of the Quran angry. Read it, right? The moment my lips are the first few letters, 
anger gone. And you can never, and I say to this, no matter what, how angry you are, there's no way you can actually read the Quran angry because you're going to make mistakes. You're not going to make mistakes. You don't want to make a mistake when you're reading Quran. Yeah. Um, but I don't think physically your heart can. And so that was my therapy. My th- it was a weird therapy going to Pakistan. This guy didn't look religious. He wasn't a Mulvi. He wasn't Imam. Because, and that was my therapy for a while. He maybe come into his office every so often. I read it. Usually after an incident. <laughs> Usually yeah, after yeah. an incident. Um, but I tell you, those two years. So then, and then I moved to a boys' grammar school. Okay. Boy, boys' grammar school for a testosterone, yeah, testosterone, yeah, yeah, yeah that's what, yeah. yeah. But and you know what? At this point, right, I was like, you know what? Uh, fine, I'm not gonna hit until somebody else is. Cause my mom uncle said, just don't hit anyone until they hit you. But as it is, people challenge you. I come from, a, I'm a foreigner. Yeah. You know, you, you know, they're gonna try to obviously think. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember this experience. Uh, the first experience of dirty fighting. I was about to fight someone. He grabbed my balls in it. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, I was boys. like, and then the head teacher of the school slapped him over the head with a big book. I saw it. She got a soundproof room. I watched it from outside. Boy came out crying. But anyway, um, so I had friends. And I had a really good friend. His name is Shehriar. Um, To this day, I consider like, the oldest friend I have. Fair enough. Um, no, you know, that's really Yeah, and you know, we got up to all sorts. Uh, there's things I don't want to repeat, but we got up to all sorts. Um, Alhamdulillah, we had money, you know, what the Euro, the pound to put a repeat. Exactly, exactly. Private school, we were yeah. out all the time. I was driving, I was driving our family car, 1.8 Toyota Corolla. Um, out there's a bit nicer than the Corollas than over here. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I, was, I was loving life. I didn't have to worry about being bullied. Yes, I had anger issues, but when suppressed, it was all right. Um, and you weren't? constantly angry because you weren't pressurised I wasn't wasn't in those situations where I was pressurised yeah and it was just a lot of you know um, you know I really enjoyed it I think I think one thing I say it was when I moved out there Madin was gone I was still a Muslim yeah yeah yeah. you had belief I had belief I mean I had an Arabic teacher Qari who did not have any Tajweed and I used to listen to him going brother are you teaching me or do I need to teach you yeah yeah but um was it Alhamdulillah? Yeah, Alhamdulillah. Yeah, Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. And anyway, so he, you know what? It was the best two years I've had. You know what I mean? We, I said, I don't want to boast about it, but we lived like kings. We had a driver, we had a maid, we had yeah. a cook. We, we, whatever we wanted, my mom just give me the money and go. Yeah, sometimes we got a bit spoiled. Um, when we didn't get what we wanted, as, no, as kids, as kids. We didn't get what we wanted with our tantrum. But yeah, I mean, I was close to my brothers at that time. We were very close. We were a tight unit um, yeah. at that time. Uh, my youngest brother was 11 years old. Fair enough. Uh, actually, uh, story back to when I was in... when He wasn't 11 years old. When I was 11, he was born. I remember at 11 years old, I was changing his nappy, feeding him a bottle of milk, taking him around in the pram around East London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I'm 11 years old, to West End Park, which is now a stab central. But, Fair you know, enough. Yeah. But, you know... It was, it, you know, so, you know, I've been close to him, you know, when I, you know, so we yeah, all there, exactly. we got, we'd got, we'd, obviously we didn't take him out everywhere we went, but you know, when it was with the chef and stuff like that, it was really nice, we had all the boys, we had Waleed, Haseeb, we had everyone, right, and, and Arsalan, it was really good, I got into football so much, I used to get heat strokes from practicing in the midday summer heat, mini heat strokes, I'd say, uh, migraines, that's but, when my migraines started setting off from then, but uh, it was, it, it was perfect, in terms of, Whatever I wanted, but the only thing that was missing was the religion, the deen. Mm, mm. Um, I remember I was the only one, f- uh, the only of one of three that might have been fasting in the, in our entire uh, grammar school. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 
um, you know, and I remember that people would still be eating at the canteens and stuff like that. And, you know, I used to have a tab behind, I used to have a tab behind the canteen. <laughs> but at that time, it was Yo. the one, the one tab that we didn't use, uh, we didn't use a tab and I was like, okay. Um, but, you know, honestly, I enjoyed life. And I came, no, and, and, you know, but the thing was, I learned, I learned, I didn't look at it that time, but I learned people's skills. So I think I learned about what different people are like. Um, I learned about a different culture. Though I'm not really liking the Pakistan. I've never liked the Pakistan culture. I got to live. I got a taste of the good life. Yeah. And I think that's... And you that's, can understand why people live that life, right? Li- I can understand why they live that life. And that, for me, was what started the whole idea of me wanting to have my own businesses. Me wanting to make my own money. Because if I wanted something... And I want to say that we didn't live in poverty, but when I was living back in London, when I was in year six, year seven, mm. pound a week of our was one pound a week was our allowance. Fair enough. That was it. That's but you know, but we got a lot for a pound at that time. But yeah, what I'm saying is, we, there was a lot of things I wanted, but I was told no. And fair enough, I was told no. Yeah, yeah. I remember my my pairs of shoes was like one pair of trainers a year. Probably whatever the, oh, my parents could afford, yeah, yeah. One but, pair of trainers yeah, a year, yeah, yeah. And that was it. I mean, my brother, now he gets three or four, even five pairs of trainers. Yeah. And he lost where he gets it. I'm there looking at my mum, what are you doing? What are you doing? We I never had that. Breath. You know, I never had that. I'm buying trainers now. I'm 27. If I want to buy 13 pairs of trainers in a year, I can do because I'm 27 and making more money. But, Probably still get told off. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I just still get told off. Um, yeah, but, you know, some, some can resell. But, um, but yeah. that's what started it. So... You man, I had all this going on behind me. I think I had all this bullying. And then once I had that bit of clarity away from everything in Pakistan, I saw people, rich families. I was like, you know what? I want to start, start something. And even then I was thinking, what could I start? But I didn't have it. But you know what? At that point, I didn't need to because I already had the money. Now, you don't need to think hard enough for that, right? I didn't think I need to because yeah. we, we, we live in life. Two years later, I'm back in London now. Anger problems. Right, I've come in with the preconception of East London, of how bad it was. You're scared going in, right? Because I'm not scared. I'm apprehensive, but I'm on the defensive straight away. Well, of course, because yeah. you've got the memories of what you went with yeah. to Pakistan, yeah. so you're like, crap, this is probably yeah. going to happen again. Yeah, so I've now moved into what we call it, Essex, which is Gansel and Redbridge. Right. And um, I've come into Beale High School in my first week. I've uh, on the f- Monday started on Friday on the Friday Juma before Juma, kids started giving me grief, and he was like, "I'm gonna call my boys." You know they got dogs and this and that. I remember re- he was sat down when he said it. I got up and I punched his face repeatedly over and over again. Glasses cut into his face. I had to get pulled back, and they wanted to get rid of me then. Right. But the whole argument was like he's just moving. He's changing over. He's got this preconception. He'd been bullied previously. It was almost like PTSD. Right, yeah. Right? It was almost like PTSD. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that was one thing. I never... But then... I stayed quiet. I stayed quiet because I didn't need any more of that. Like my dad kept telling me, stop getting into fights. Don't want... The first mm. thing he told me, the first thing he told me when I went into school was, don't go in, Don't get go, go into fights. Because I moved back in when I was year 11. You know what I mean? Right. I got to catch because, up on GCSEs. Yeah, because you need to finish off, right? Like I got, yeah, I've got to finish because I was doing O-level equivalents, but I hadn't finished them. Yeah. And what's the best time to be moving around to bonus and moving into a year 11? But however, yeah, I got course. on and put my head in my books. Uh, again, I was quiet. I went from being a very loud and very, very confident. Yeah, back boys to being, school, right? Yeah. Like you were just with boys. Yeah, and, and now I'm coming in. Um, you're back into a normal mixed school. 
And you had a set of friends there. Yeah. Now you're gone back yeah. to ground zero, right? Where yeah, you had no friends. Yeah, I had no friends. I mean, one of my best friends, was, you know, I, I, and I told you talk about it, though. One of my best friends now, mm-hmm. when we met in year 11, we started on a fight. We started on a fight. <laughs> I started to a fair few of them we started on a fight, I think. But, you know, it wasn't It wasn't that I was trying to... Like, there were a lot of people bigger or stronger than me that I didn't bother. I didn't bother. Yeah. And yeah, sometimes I do... I, you know, I just... I stay quiet. I got hit a couple of times. I remember I got hit by a couple of times in year 11. But then those boys were safe after. Yeah. It's a bit weird. It's a bit weird. As soon as year 11 finished, they were safe with me after. But needless to say, some of them ended up in prison anyway. <laughs> but yeah, um, that was Bill High School. Mm-hmm. Sixth form. Um, did you stay on for six form at Bill? Yeah, I did. Um, I'm just thinking, yeah, so this is when my mind started thinking now, right? Back to the UK kind of, you know, not having enough money because, you know, it's a bit more expensive living here. Back to the pound. Yeah, yeah, of course. My my head was moved around a lot. So, um, so what can I do? What can I do? What it's can like I do? What you could do in Pakistan, i.e. drive. Yeah. You could go out, eat wherever you want. Yeah. You know, you were living a very... Yet. We were very limited here. To you were a very comfortable life, right? Yeah. You don't have to think about, oh, what if I don't do this? Or if I do this, what are the consequences? Or how much money am I going to cut down? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, now, if you go out, it's like, what impact does it have on my bank account? Or what impact does it have on my parents' bank account? Because you weren't earning it. Yeah, I wasn't earning So I was like, okay, what can I do? I like technology. So, Gumtree. Good God, I loved Gumtree at that point. Now Gumtree is nothing compared to Facebook Marketplace. Facebook Marketplace has taken over. Yeah, I was I, buying. I, Gumtree as well, I was buying second-hand electronics better than the, what people are getting offered at CEX, but selling it just less than what CEX was selling it at. Sweet. So I was making my little bit of profit here and there, here and there, sorting out someone's computer, moving a screen over one person's house, buying a PlayStation and selling it off to somebody else, right? You know, I had a little bit of money, you know, saved up whatever I had from Eid and stuff like that. And yeah, I spent a little bit. But this was, yeah, year, year, so, so what happens, what happened with my education was, um, it kind of got messed up. Right. So, A-levels, maths, chemistry, physics, computing. Right. Right. Very hard subjects. Very hard subjects. Yeah. However, when I was in Pakistan, the level of education was so much higher that while I was in year nine in Pakistan doing pre-engineering O-levels, which was maths, chemistry, physics, yeah, yeah, computing. Exactly. They've yeah. got streams, right? Yeah, like they, you they do got commas, streams. you do yeah. engineering. Like maths, or... there was very little statistics. They were very algebra-focused because it's engineering. So, I brought that with me. Right. I brought that with me. So, I was very smart in maths. I was very smart. I was set one in maths when I came into a bit of bill. Mm-hmm. Or they put me set four. Within two days, I'm in set one. Right, yeah, and yeah, I'm in set one for you. Yeah, I'm set one for double sciences. I didn't get into triple sciences because of, I got put in late into year eleven. Which is fair. Which is fair. Um, got my grades. Um, I think what I missed is the reason I didn't get my A's. I got B's. Right. Um, I I did a B tech, which was easy. I did a B tech immediately. Got my two A's. Two A's. Um, Sweet. Yeah, you know, just had a couple. Of, you know, just because the B tech was so easy, it was te- you know, just messing around with computers and stuff like that. Yeah. And you know, had it, had. In media studies, you make a film and stuff, right? Or we did more like uh, projects in terms of um, creating newspapers and leaflets, and you know, oh, getting yeah, into yeah, that design, point. that early design stages. Nothing too ma- major. Um, creating a catalog, for example, you know yeah. how what's needed on you know you looking at how to use Photoshop. We never got to Lightroom, right. and. Um, Library around at that time. I don't think it was. I don't. I think even a dog creative cloud was it really there? So in terms of Illustrator, 
might be something s- less than what it is now. Yeah, but Photoshop was. I mean, that's been. That's been there for yeah. yeah. So um, so I've gone into year eleven, year twelve now, first year of GC, uh, the doing I'm doing okay. Um, you know, I'm struggling a little bit with those intense subjects. They are intense. Yeah. Anyway, I get ill in December, right? Right. Right. It was like my immune system was shut down. My parents were in Pakistan, by the way. I think they were in Pakistan. Right. And I didn't attend for two, three weeks. Right. And were you getting care at the doctors? <sighs> I had antibiotics, man. I just had antibiotics. Okay, yeah. fair enough. My immune system just dropped. I was getting ill. I was getting chest infection and then another chest infection. I was like, okay. They're obviously dealing with them. My parents have been away. I've got two younger brothers. Anyway. My mum's sister might be looking after us. My mum's mum might be looking after us anyway. Um, but yeah, this sort of relationship with your mum, is it? And so, um, so you know, it was one of those, I got ill. Bill said to me, right, January, so this happened in December, January, you got to take a test. If you don't pass this test that we give you, you're not going to be able to do it. I've missed three weeks of A-level physics, maths, chemistry and computing. You can't miss a day. You seriously can't miss a day. Yeah, and if you've been ill, you're not going to be revising and... And let me tell you something, I was good at maths, I was good at physics. When I took that test, it was like everything was forgotten. Basic level of physics and basic level maths and basic level chemistry and computing just disappeared out of my mind. Which is, you know, that's some stress that no one would want, right? It was, it was disheartening because it was something I was so good at. I used to boast about how good I was at maths and physics. I used to love it. I used to be a geek with physics. Right. I used to be a geek. I love physics. I used to look at everything in the world as physics. The light here. You know, I'd be looking at it and, you know, part photons and everything like that. Yeah, you... You, you know, that, that was me, yeah. And, you yeah. know, driving, alignments and everything. You know, that's how we, I loved it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, it all it all gone. And it was disheartening because they said, you have to leave Bill, but come back in September, do subjects other than those. That was the agreement. I don't remember too much of how that was agreed, but that was the agreement. And I remember right. my, my uncle... So I told my uncle, I said, uh, before my, my parents came back, and I was like, uncle, I've been kicked out. I've been kicked out of you. And that too. Mom and dad did know. not know, and I was scared shitless. I can imagine. I mean, how do you tell your parents? Yeah, by the way, I've just been kicked out of school. Yeah. What? Yeah, that <laughs> conversation is something that no one should ever have to have, right? My uncle goes, don't worry. I'm going to come to your house. I'm going to sit down. So I sat there next to my uncle. And my uncle is like, introduced yeah, so he's been kicked out. Mum and dad are angry, but they had that respect for my uncle where if my uncle said relax, they'd relax. It's like, okay, you know how to get your way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so... Um, All right, uh, I'm just going to stop you there. Yeah. What, what if, you know, that agreement has been made now, yeah. right? Yeah. You decided... You know what? I'm not going to go to Bill. I'm going to go to any other school within the same vicinity, right? You've got Valentine's there. You've got Ilford County. You've got, you know, similar schools. And you can say, look, I didn't continue at Bill because I was sick for two, I ne- three months. I never had that guidance. I never had that right. option. It was, you just have to do what, I do, do, do what my parents said. But what had. if you had asked your par- uh, your uncle? Because your uncle's been through it, right? Or he knew better than... Well, most. yeah, yeah. But it, when it came to this, it was like, like if my school's offered me another thing, another chance, just take it. Right. Um, in terms of what those A-levels could have led to, like, I was first generation, my own immediate family were going, trying to get to uni. Yeah. 
my mum got to as much as college, I believe, but she left after before college finished or one because she got okay. married. That was back home, so he never had it. Even my uncle, you know, he, you know, only one of my uncles managed to get really far in the academics way. Now he's now like a big banker. You know, he works in the big banks stuff like that. Fair but I never had that. So me and my my oldest uncle never had that relationship. In fact, he was almost as a bully as everyone else was. Oh really? Yeah. So it got to a point where he there was a day where he invited all my cousins over to his house for a sleepover. Right. You know, all the cousins, and I'm one of the older cousins, but I saw a cousin around my age, one or two years, but he told me I couldn't come. Oh, wow. What about and, your brothers? Huh? My brothers went. Oh. But he told me, you know, you know what, I don't think he's ever liked me. Uh, he's all right now. He's all right, alhamdulillah. I'll get alhamdulillah. my... Okay. I'll get easy from him, so I don't know whether that's... Yeah, but I remember... Yeah, it's either he's forced to or... <laughs> I remember that my uncle... Yeah. Who's like who you know who who guided me through all that stuff yeah. that's happened? He said, right, come over to my house. And mum was like, no, he can just stay at home. He was like, no, he's coming to my house. I chilled with him and his mates, and I was treated like an adult. And I enjoy, you know, you it it meant a lot to me. Yeah, he took you in when you were yeah you know, yeah, it worked, yeah, yeah. when when I was pushed out from others. I was pushed out from by my own other my other uncle. And I think for me that again that was another pinnacle point of watching him as his character. And I like to say that he's my role model. He's one of my role models in terms of who I am today or who I try to be today. Right. I mean, no one's perfect. And obviously, you know, and I, to me, I almost, I always saw him as almost faultless. Right. From what I saw of him. Mm-hmm. And I always tried to, you know, he, he was someone who cared for other people, put other people ahead of himself. Mm-hmm. Just saw him helping out everyone. Yeah. That's who I, I always try to be. So going back now, so I'm at Bill. So obviously, um, you know, back at Bill. So obviously, in that time that I'm off, I'm messing about I'm not doing much I'm just selling the stuff here and there yeah I get an internship a three month internship at Great London Authority working for Boris okay Um, I was in part of his office doing business administration which is still great right which is still great I learned a lot in a workspace like that yeah Yeah. I mean from what I've heard um, (laughs) I have a friend who's worked with Boris like I mean when Boris was running his campaigns and stuff (laughs) He's a smart, smart guy. Like, okay, I never saw the smartness. I, in fact, told him off once. Fine. I, I told but, Boris off. But in terms of politics, the in guy terms of is... politics, but I wasn't into politics. I was there just to get his experience. But th- that's what yeah, I mean. Yeah, like yeah. I never knew for someone I like Boris. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, although you know you don't yeah. agree with his views and yeah. whatever, but if you work for him, yeah. I'm sure you can learn so much. Yeah. Like just this team, immediate team around. I him. just learned. I just learned the basics. I learned the basics in terms of creating appointments, using Excel to a higher degree, Microsoft yeah. Access, for example, um, getting a meeting set up, yeah. getting speaking to other Greater London groups, getting them involved, mm-hmm. um, watching these big things happen, being part of the team to sort of big events at the Greater London Authority. Yeah. We'd be there, like sat there at the back when all these events happened, going, oh, we did that. I was a bit of a techie as well, so I, I used to skip into the IT department every so often. Yeah. All right, what you got me to do? I started setting up the projectors and stuff like that. Learned a bit more about projectors and stuff like yeah. that. So you know, you know, I had my you know, I lived that London life. You know, the London working life of getting that tube in the morning, yeah. getting in the rush hour, um, running up the um, London Bridge station stairs, running across as I'm running late. Um, had my earphones in all the time. You know, little old school it's a great experience, right? Like I think it working was, just teaches you so much more than. Yeah, hundred percent. Right? Getting to know different people. I was working with white people, bro. All I know is brown faces. You know what yeah, I mean? I, I mean, Had my the own. way I, you know, as much as I hate to say, you know, this, but 
I think white people treat us so much better than our own people for the most part. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when you're working, people show you respect and they value you for the most part. I'm not going to say, you no, know, it's I a general agree. paintbrush statement, but comparative to, you know, your experiences at school, you must have been treated much better because you seem so much more passionate about yeah. this, at least the way you're speaking about it right now. I, I talking about that, I worked at Islamic Impressions. Oh, the one in Walthamstow or... Uh, the one on Green Street. Okay. Uh, during Ramadan. I got, right. These guys paid me £3 an hour. That wasn't agreed, but that's what they gave me at the end. And, Subhanallah. And, um, you know, again, Asian-run place. Very, very horrible with the breaks. I had 12-hour shifts during Ramadan. They were open 24 hours during Ramadan, almost. Um, the owner was very rude to me. I mean, I remember seeing him about a couple of years ago because uh, they're part owned Big Mo's Diner. Okay. Mo's right. Diner is a Big Mo's or whatever the diner. Anyway, Big Mo's, yeah, the one, yeah, yeah, uh, Barking. Ba- Beckton. Beckton, yeah, that's yeah, it. I remember him saying salam to me and stuff like that. I was uh, very apprehensive just talking to him. Because what I learned was you're owning an Islamic establishment, you're Muslim, you're brown, just treat your staff right, but he never did that. And that was my experience of being... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you're running a... I was treated with respect at Greater London Authority. You know, they, they gave me... Where, if I used to complete my work so quickly, yeah. I used to ask for so much more. And when you're treated with respect and you're given the appreciation, you want to do more work, right? Yeah, exactly. How do you feel? Like, what no, do you think about that? No, 100%. 100%. You know, at the end of the day, I obviously, Islamically, you know, you, you agree into a contract of working and you do the work for them. Yeah. There's also, you can always work harder. But obviously, if someone treats you with respect, you're going to work hard. If they need a favour done and you're working there and you've got time, yeah. why sit down on a chair when you can help out? At the end of the day, you're learning. It's all about learning. And I think the contract is, obviously, on paper, it's not two ways, but it definitely is a two-way thing in the mm-hmm. sense that hey, just treat the guy with a bit of respect. You don't necessarily need to yeah. pay him more, yeah. right? That respect goes a long way. Yeah. You'll be more motivated. Yeah. You'll be more willing to do things, right? Than to, uh, you know, being treated incorrectly and then you'll just like, screw this, I ain't doing this. Yeah, 100%. So I've done that. I've started Beal again now. Right. Um, doing uh, business studies. Right. And business studies and um, what you call it, and what was I doing? Oh, uh, a BTEC triples uh, applied sciences. Okay. So probably the hardest BTEC you could have in terms Fair of school. Enough, yeah. yeah. It was a mixture of maths, chemistry, physics. Basically that engineering thing that you were doing in Pakistan, but BTEC. It was almost, you can get into forensics in, in, as a degree into that. You can go into, it's a route into forensics. Okay. So you talk about, you, you study about a bit of that, stuff like that. Um, a bit, it's more strategic to medical applied sciences is what it was called, applied medical sciences. Right. So the business side of it is where you get to learn a bit more of the business side of uh, sciences. Right. But you probably couldn't get into uh, A-level chemistry. or You'd have to go in with the foundation yet. However, Fair that's something that can still be accepted. Right. I mean, it was easy. You well, finished yeah. it. I mean, I finished two years of working, almost a year, and I spent the last year chilling. Right. Um, so anyway, fast forward. Um, um, I've still doing the second-hand selling and stuff like that. Right. And um, so I make, gave it a name, started making websites as well now for little local businesses. Got flyers made, hand sport to all the local businesses. Right. Uh, they did try to take advantage of somebody who was very young. Um and didn't want to pay towards the end, but then obviously I had the domains and all the loggings and etc. And anyway, 
lads just went there. Anyway, so um, but like right. I said, yeah. So we don't want to pay you. Yeah. So uh, I then that year I became confident again. For right. some reason, I became confident. I think because I've obviously been working in the city, coming in, I've started into a new academic year now with yeah. a year below. Yeah, that does yeah. give you a bit of a confidence. Yeah, so it's again, it's new. It's another for me. It was a fresh start, another yes. fresh start. And these lot, some of them were friends for long. You know, so I'm still friends with now. I still talk to. Amazing. I still talk to. Her. I mean, some of them are coming onto the podcast or have been on the podcast, depending when this gets released. Yeah, um, but you know, it, they were nice. They were nice people. Honestly, and I preferred that, those two years. I really enjoyed those two years as well in BL6 form. Um, right. I made a rap track. So Are you going to get a preview? Oh, you're never going to get a preview. Fair I have the one copy, and that one copy is hidden away since uh, um, it had about 3,500 views on YouTube. 3,500? 3,500 views. Bro, you were an influencer. Uh, well, well, people in uh, Valentine's and um, at that time, Ilford County. I used to go, I went outside Ilford County or walk past Valentine's during when I was in sixth form. Like, right. are, you, are, you, are you money maker? That was the, the track called Money Maker. The big cast money maker. Um, but that's what my name the money big cast. Money became my, the bearded traveller. Yeah, so I had yeah. that. I had that. I had that confidence. Right. It grew It grew massively. It almost got into a bit of an ego. Um, I did that, performed in my second year, in my last year, at the Leavers uh, Assembly. Sweet. Uh, it was like, it, it, there's a clip on YouTube of the of the actual thing, of the assembly. Might still be on YouTube. That's up there, because you really can't hear me. You just see the crowd reaction. Did it for a couple of other charity nights at the uh, Bill. That's um, incredible. Hey, you know what? Even though Islam probably wasn't correct in terms of the whole music, you know, course, opinion. Yeah, yeah. It, it did bring a lot of confidence and yeah it's something I'm a bit ashamed of now in terms of it, it was such a bad track <laughs> that's why I'm ashamed of it yeah 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 I mean if I could make a track now Moneymaker Part 2 you guys wouldn't be ready for it but uh, Oof, yeah, I'm, I'm ready I'm ready I mean on. I think my parents just looked at me in disappointment when that track came out I mean I was a bit of a joke amongst the family but I had, I had my own fan base um I had Miss um, Varda gave her a signed CD. I burnt it onto a CD. Uh, our uh, secondary, our sixth form, uh, uh, one of our sixth form, uh, you know, teachers. Miss Varda, she she ended up getting a signed copy. Anyway, so um, going so it comes to university now. I never had. Where any... did you go for uni? I guess let's start with where you went and then. University to Leicester. Okay. Right. So I've never had the. I've never had the what you call it, the help or anyone with knowledge to give me what university should have gone to. Right. What course I should go for. Because I wanted to be a lawyer at one point. Okay. But um, it took me three times to get a C in GCSE English. Later, I found out that I was partially dyslexic. I was quite dyslexic. Um, okay. Because I could have taken a big hit. Uh, that and because I was used to the English that was taught in Pakistan, which was a different syllabus, for example. Yeah. Um, so that was a GCSE struggle there. Um, so then I wanted to go into business. So my, no, so I wanted a lawyer. I wanted to become a lawyer. Mm. And then my mum was, dad was like, oh, lawyers lie. So that's what Islamically correct. So obviously I was just haram. like, haram. So now you know that you could do law in different areas, but then it has its own thing of, you know, there's other arguments, Islamic arguments, but you know, course, every, yeah. each their own. Yeah. Um, I do business or yeah. every, every, every Pakistani has got a business degree. But then I'm enjoying life right now. Uh, then I wanted to go into banking, or but you're dealing with riba interest. That's another. That's another haram. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, couldn't do that. Um. So then I was mum. Mum was into her little like forensic crime dramas and stuff like that. I was like, oh. was she watching CID? I don't know. She was watching something else. Crime Patrol. I don't know what it was. 
it was more more forensics based. Anyway, um, so I thought, alright, let me let me go into forensics. Right. So or criminology. So I looked at two university. I narrowed it down. I went to Lincolnshire Lincolnshire University. Not a brown face there. I was like, not uh, halal, not halal restaurant. I googled it. Not a halal restaurant in sight. I was well, like, I'm gonna get my It was a lovely campus. It was a lovely campus, but for me, it was like no. Yeah, went to right. a few others. They were in the middle of nowhere. I think Lincoln University had to three or four trains to go back to London. Um, so uh, I choose Leicester as my primary. Right. I choose Portsmouth as my, whatever you call it, your backup one. Uh, insurance. Insurance now. With that, again, it was sort of pretty white to see. Yeah, fair yeah, enough. Yeah. The mosque had uh, steel bars in front of it. Oh. Yeah. So, you know, right, it was adjoining to a church as well, so it was a bit odd. But yeah, yeah but it is what it is, fine. Um, so I was like, okay, I probably won't be too happy here, but I'm just going to get my degree. Um, do I hadn't sorted do. out. Um, so going back to Leicester University, I told him what my predicted grades were. A star, A star, D. Right. And she goes, the requirements is ABB. So if you don't get ABB, you're not coming in. The woman that was uh, speaking to yeah. one of the professors. And I was like, okay, that's fine. So I had my eyes, okay, I've still applied for it, but I'm probably going to Portsmouth. Right. But I'm going to still try. I'm still going to try. Fair enough. So I hadn't applied for any, I hadn't applied for obviously any accommodation, not knowing where I'd go. Right. I had to go my head. And I'm me, I'm an overthinker. I was like stressing out on what I'm doing. So, what I'm doing. how is she going to tell me I'm not going to get in? Yeah. Anyway, before I get my results, a letter comes through my door. Congratulations, been accepted. You, you've been uh, given a place at, you know, you, at, Sweet. Yeah, so, at University of Leicester on a partial scholarship. Because the A star, A star D came up to an AAB. B, the requirements for an ABB. Damn. All right. And because of the two A stars, I had got. The uh, that was uh, because of the B tech that got it. So yeah. B techs do work in some aspects. Of course they do. I mean, it's yeah. not necessarily yeah. the you know the subjects that you're doing. Yeah. Of course, you know, A levels are stronger. Yeah. But again, you know, unless it's a disregard. specified degree. Yeah. Like if, require... I, if I'm gonna say like, oh yeah, do A levels, but you're doing, and I'm not going to bash these A levels in any way, but yeah. I'm saying like, okay, you're gonna do art, and you know, you're doing other yeah. soft type subjects you know the creative subjects that are considered soft yeah. and I'm not saying you know they're wrong to do yeah. right but BTECs in some regards are stronger if you want to get into specific subjects yeah, yeah. Yeah. so I mean, yeah. if you look so at you, it, is, it's all a game UCAS points BTECs will get you those UCAS points yeah of course like if you're aiming for other universities yeah. like say for example Oxford Cambridge you're not yeah. going to get yeah. in with a BTEC right because I could have got into De Montfort with a D with a CCD. Yeah. The sword gave me a place. Of course. Um, so I, it, okay, so I, I get in, panic, looking for an accommodation, find the shared accommodation with professionals. Professionals. Yeah. Um, Spanish people, horrible play. It wasn't as bad as, I think my mum was crying when she dropped me off. Not because she had to leave me, because of what the state of the place looked like. Really? But what I could afford. I struggled. Was this uh, uni halls? No, no, okay, private. so this was just private. This was private. It was in a smelly area. There was cat shit everywhere outside. You could smell it. How come you didn't get accommodation, like, dorm? I didn't apply because, remember, I told you I couldn't... I couldn't... I didn't know where I was going to go, so I didn't yeah, apply for accommodation enough. and money. Again, information wasn't given to me too much about how much I could afford, this and that. I never had that. 
Um, I never had that. So um, anyway, fair, fair enough. You know, I dealt with it. I lived in a bit of a. It, it was uh, the people that I lived with were horrible. Got into a couple of like arguments, and me and the, one of the guys got into a fist fight in the room. Um, I threw a fairy bottle at his head at one point. Um, but yeah, I said that. Has he still got the fairy bottle with him? I don't know. I think he left the country. Yeah, he went back home. So um, I lived, I lived there for six months in that place. It was right. horrible. Um, so my first year of university, came in with that confidence, right? Became a course rep. Just got like that. I, we went for nominations for course rep. Got course rep. Then um, so I was a course rep for a year. Uh, uh, um, at that point. I had a bit of Dean again, started again from year 11, year 12, year 13, got into, I got into, yeah, the first year of, uh, of uni, my Dean was gone again, um, I was, no, I, saw- I joined the Apple Bates by mistake, Absoc. Ah, okay. Okay, so, yeah, um, I, they said that they, they were the Islamic Society, little did I know, um, but ISOC is ISOC. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um, so, first year, I'm hitting the clubs, this and that, left, right, and I was in a club every night. Right. Right, yeah. Uh, with Parents, my po- just close your ears then. Yeah. Um, no, <laughs> my mum knew about it. She wasn't happy. She just said, I'm not happy that you got in. Anyway, so my mum and my brother now moved to Leicester as well. They followed me to Leicester. My mum really? and my brother. So six months in, I'm like, So right. what, are you, uh, what are your brothers doing at this point? Because obviously they're my in brothers school, are, right? Yeah, so they're in school. So, my so brother, they transfer schools yeah, to yeah, Leicester? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No way. So yeah. how old are your brothers at this point? So my brother's gone into co- he's starting his college now. Okay, so he's starting. Yeah, college, and then there's another one in prim prim primary school. Okay, so they weren't like you know how you moved in in year eleven. They weren't in that situation. No, no, he wasn't too bad. The one that just got into college. So because okay. he was, uh, uh, he had to get into college anyway. So he got into college. Fine, fair enough. For, they looked for a while for his college anyway. Six months in, that obviously now I moved in with them now, because the accommodation obviously has left. That was like being. Home. Back at home. Yeah, it's like being back at home. It was alright. And for the money, you know, we lived in this really nice area. Right. Cul-de-sacs, new build houses. Uh, fairly new build houses. A three-bedroom was 850, I think. A four-bedroom was 950. Wow. With a garage, semi-detached. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, you think you'll get that in London? No. And you barely get a room for that. Yeah, uh, So, um, first year, being on a mad one. Then got my 40% safe. Second year comes, so second, and I'm here still wanting money in my pocket. Yeah. I was thinking I made enough money when I was at six from selling all these goods. I was able to do what I wanted, but now I'm 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 eating pot noodles, man. I'm eating pot noodles. My yeah. first six months of the thingy, I'm surviving on pot noodles. I could afford boneless chicken once a week. Damn. Bro, mine was on mine was on rations. This is like yeah. Like, I was rationing. Literally. It was bad. My you know I dropped a lot of weight. I got it. I got a bit fit in my first year. Actually, joined the American football team. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, was it all pri- the clubbing? Huh? Was it all the clubbing? Just like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, possibly. The man that you sweat, uh, sweat in nightclub. Um, you know, I remember coming. In, I remember working? coming into lecture actually wearing a Where's Wally or Where's Waldo uh, uh, outfit. Did the lecturer say Where's Carson? No, no. Found him. No. Yeah, no, it was it was only when I forgot I was wearing it because one or day I went into the shopping centre and the kid goes, there's Wally. I was like, oh no, what am I done? Uh, I forgot I was wearing it. Um, <laughs> I was too comfortable in it. It was really comfortable, it was like pyjamas. Uh, so, yeah, so first year is a bit of a madness. Uh, not the most proudest year, uh, but I, my confidence overtook. Yeah. Second year, 
uh, met a brother called Muhammad Yafai. He was uh, part of the Islamic society, you know, the uh, brothers. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so he was like, yeah, come chill with us, innit? Come chill with us. Come chill with us. Come with me, bro. Come with us. And that's how it started. So, stop the clubbing. Stop right. chatting to all the girl, good girls and stuff like that. No way. Yeah, it's, it stopped all of that. Uh, music, stop listening to music. Um, was so it a slow process or was it like instant? Quite quick. And I think because I knew what I was doing was wrong subconsciously. Because you had Dean like... I knew. I knew. I was taught Dean. So, you understand that I knew what I was doing was Like your wrong. foundations were built on yeah, Dean. Yeah, so, it's like, so, okay... Yeah. Yeah. As soon as you deviate, you still know what you're doing. Yeah, wrong. they did. Every time I was going out, I knew right. what I was doing was wrong. Right, so you because weren't ever justifying it to yourself, like, oh no, yeah, no, no. you know, like it was, Islam is fourteen hundred no, no, years no, old. I was so. guilt. No, no, no. It, 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 I, I knew what I was doing. I remember actually when I was clubbing the first year, two of these brothers, which seemed to have popped up behind a bush, right, were part of the Islamic society in the first year. Yeah, they were a bit aggressive in the way they talked, and I think that's what kept me away from the. Uh, the I think that's what here. happens with most yeah, people yeah. that are like. I want to be part of Islamic society. But do they judge? But they yeah. Not even judge. Like, I wasn't yeah. clubbing or yeah. anything while at uni, right? But I just felt that they were a bit... I wouldn't say alpha, but just quite aggressive yeah. with their approach. With their approach. Yeah, and yeah, that's what, <laughs> I guess, for me was like... Yeah. Cool, I'm, I'm cool with these brothers. Like, you know, I yeah. have no, you know, resentment towards them or anything. But... Am I going to chill with them on the daily? Hmm. Probably not. So second year, um, right. obviously joined with the brothers. Right. Uh, Checked out to play football with them, going out with them for bunch and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I remember that year, that year, I think, that entire year, we used to go out every day for desserts. That's what the weight's like, coming back on. Fair enough. And that's when you had money to go out, right? Yeah, so what happened is that all together, buddy, I started my old professional, so this is where we MQA Photography. It was a name back in the day. Right. Um, so yeah, I started my own photography business. I bought a £100 camera. The irony was I was university events, society events, wherever they were, held in a bar or, or a room or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I was taking photos for them. But that's fine. On a £100 camera. Then I went to London and I was a car spotter during my days. I used to go back down to London. Right. I used to go around chasing supercars around London taking pictures of them because I had a passion for cars. Yeah, I loved cars. were you one of those Instagram, early Instagram pages? No, I wasn't. Cars and no. Stuff? Okay, no. So I took pictures of these cars. These cars are moving fast and I realised that these cameras, for £100 cameras, are not good enough. Yeah, so cool. use of my student grant money, whatever, you know, the money you get. Yeah. Bought myself a mid-range entry-level camera, Canon 7D Mark 1, no, Mark 2, no, Mark 1, it was a Mark 1. And the amount of jobs... Canon you know, is like, yeah. the smaller the number, the better it is, right? Yeah, almost, yeah. It's like 5D is amazing, yeah, 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 but 3D yeah. is like... Well, it's the 1D, the 1D is amazing. It's the 1D, like... It's the uh, ultimate. It's okay, the fair enough, yeah, but like, I've yeah, used the 5D, 5D and 5D, 5D is like... Yeah. Really so good. we'll get onto the 5D. Fair enough. I'm on the 7D, right? And I'm like doing everything, but it's, it's not a full frame camera. So you get the cropping and stuff like right. that. So, but I've made enough now out of the photography jobs for the first year. I've doing all these society events. Right. Did about 40% of the society events. Right. Whatever money I was making. I had the 7D. Mm-hmm. I had the 5D. So I bought myself a 5D Mark III. Right. Right. Which was a daddy camera. To this course, day, yeah. it's considered one of Canon's best cameras it's still one of them really yeah. really good ones so it's considered one of those big daddy cam- big mac daddy cameras right yeah. I was just like yeah so the quality that I was getting out of those mm. well, my job started increasing I started putting myself out there I was getting jobs outside the university different businesses different weddings and stuff like that for sure it's time I guess because you 
input money yeah. into it, right? You yeah. bought the I was, good equipment. I was self-taught. Mm-hmm. I didn't do any courses, didn't read any books. I learned with experience, messing around with the camera my days off. Right. There's some tunes are happening now. So I know, right? Like, I was just like, what's yeah. actually happening? So, yeah, so... I've also you now generated enough money. I'm going on holidays quite a bit. So this is my pa- my love for traveling. Morocco, I'd been. I think I went to Portugal, Algarve. Mm-hmm. I decided I went to Morocco twice, I believe. Um, went right. to Dubai. And um, so I'm a big Dubai fanboy. Um, Fair enough. But we'll get into that. And then um, so I'm just doing my photography, doing the photography, and look. Third year. I'm part of the Islamic Society at the University of Leicester now. I'm the treasurer. Right. Right? So you see that big step with the deal? Yeah. So now you're like... For me, the right company. And that is, for me, that shows you the right company. Yeah. And, the, and there's hadith. There's, there's, there's hadith on the, on the company you keep. There's many hadith about the company that you keep. Yeah. And obviously, this company of practicing brothers. Yeah. We don't have to go to clubs. We did pizza and FIFA nights. We did barbecues at my yard and dinners at my yard. I would cook. Fair enough. We I guess also just to that point, right? You said there's a hadith. There's also like a famous saying, right? You're the average of the closest five people that you keep. Yeah. You know, there's that one yeah. saying as well. Yeah. So, you know, the, amongst many beliefs, yeah. like Islam, obviously, yeah. but also other beliefs, believe 100%. that you are, you know, a product of your environment and the company 100%. that you've got. Remember third year? I've not attended any of my lecture classes now. Okay, so now um, this is where the fun begins? So yeah, so basically what happens in my second year, I'm not getting the grades I wanted. In my second year, I found out when I was dyslexic because the work kept getting sent back to me saying these sentences don't make any grammatical sense. Right. You, you made a sentence and a sentence and they've joined them together. It was only because one of the lectures was so ruthless. Right. I went into one of the centres at the university, had a little bit of a test, I was dyslexic. Right. I've never put it anywhere down because I don't want that stopping me from anything. So yeah, I, yeah, I never yeah. let it. Yes, I just have to be more careful when I post things out on social Absolutely. media. Absolutely. Sometimes the mistakes do show, but some of you will message me, oh, there's a mistake here you've posted. Uh, rectify that. Yeah, just yeah, fix um, it, right. So, um, you know, I've spent, I've spent like 10 hours in a row trying to read through books at university. You know, getting a kettle in it into the little rooms as well. You know, bringing you know, bringing food because I I'm a struggle to even read past a page. Yeah. Harry enough. Potter. I couldn't read past one page of Harry Potter, the book, yeah. because I keep getting lost in that first page. Fair enough. It's just like, what the hell is happening here? Yeah. So okay, I'm not enjoying my course. My dean is now telling me that I'm going to work in criminal justice system that isn't Sharia criminal justice system. My my criminology degree. Right. So for me, I'm now not interested in my degree. I've actually told my university I want to leave. I told my tutor, you can't leave. Okay then, I just won't turn up. I had 0% attendance in my third year. Right. Got called in for attendance meeting, didn't attend that to get expelled from uni. Just like, yo, just just. Didn't get me, get me, but they wouldn't. Just understand the hints, bro. There was a point where I, they made me come in for one thing to produce a, um, one thing to produce a, a presentation, went into that uh, lecture hall, plugged in my USB, oops, there's nothing on there. I did it on purpose. Walked right back out. To get kicked out. They yeah, were they not still, kicked. Are they still persistent with... Apparently it was something to do with the, the little scholarship thing I had, or the half of my course being paid for. Ah, uh, okay, fair enough. Anyway, so, you know, okay, so I'm doing, I'm doing all these photography jobs now, yeah? yeah. Third year uh, of Leicester. 
making loads of money. Like I'm reinvesting it. I'm going on holidays. I'm going to Dubai again. Enjoying yourself, right? Enjoy I'm enjoying life. myself. I've now employed two photographers to do some jobs for me here and there. Okay, amazing. I've now bought chocolate fountains from China. I got them imported, obviously, right. by eBay, hundred and some pounds each. I had two. I had one chocolate fountain. We had another chocolate fountain as well towards the end. Getting and I learned very quickly about chocolate fountains. I right. got regular chocolate. Tried to melt down the microwave. Kept burning. I was like, bro, so I did my research. All these places that you go for weddings, right? Let me tell you now. All these places you go for weddings, add a bit of oil Into to the give chocolate. to give it that salty look, uh, that that uh, that shiny look, and help with it melting. Because the bottom of a chocolate fountain, that bottom bowl, heats up slightly, so it keeps everything running liquidy. Yeah. Let me tell you something about that. If you taste a chocolate by itself, it's bitter. But if you're adding it onto marshmallows, you're not really gonna tell because the marshmallow is sweet. And I was like, that's not something I want to do. I When I do something, I want to get the highest quality, especially my photography, yeah. highest quality of work. Yeah. Yes, I had some horrible clients. I had some horrible clients, but I still produced the best we could. Never skimmed out. If that meant that I had to pay my photographers a bit extra, yeah. and I took zero pounds out to that job, as long as my client's happy, and this is the whole idea of customer service, they're going to come and use you again. Yeah, and they'll recommend you as well. So, University of Leicester... All society events, including university events, we covered 95% of them in my third year. Wow. That's because we gave the lowest rates, but we had the constant. Little events that they had that they didn't need documenting, they still wanted documenting because we were that cheap. It's just like, why not? If it's like, you well, know, yeah, yeah. Well, a, yeah. a couple hundred pounds, it's like whatever, right? Wow, it was less than a hundred pound an event. Yeah, Sick. yeah like, because, less, because less, there was not much overheads because I'd bought everything previously and because it was part of a hobby as well the photography you don't really consider that as a business expense as well in terms yeah. of all that camera equipment so you know, it was a lot that I learned I'm still learning about photography I've still got I've started to get back into it slowly mm. a bit of a quick shout out to Prime Gen uh, Prime Gen on Instagram um, really it's a, like a community and they teach you different aspects of photography via your phone as well as different cameras and stuff and right. how to edit and they, it's a community so they share other people's work so shout out Prime Gen quickly um, you know, massive, massive shout out because that's what I'm learning about from them now. I remember and Ridwan, he was from my Bill High School in Sixth Form, so some of you guys who are listening will know him and hit you now his crew. So back to where we're going with the photography. So now I've got a chocolate fountain here. I've Im- I imported. I used to get twenty kg bags of little chocolate uh chip chocolate chips. I want to say chips, but they're like little discs. Like, you know, giant uh, Milky, Milky White bit buttons, you know? Yeah, the yeah, the button, button, uh, yeah, yeah, like the chocolate coins and Yeah, stuff, the chocolate right? coins, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's slightly smaller than chocolate coin. And they have cocoa butter infused within the chocolate. Ah, okay. It melts in your hand, literally. You put your hand there, it starts melting into a puddle. That's amazing. Like, that's what you need, right? That's what you need. Right? So, yes, my overhead was slightly more expensive than somebody else who's doing an event. But you're getting really good Belgian chocolate. We ain't messing about here. Right, I used to take pride. I used to boast about how good our stuff was. Um, I had an agreement with a local ASDA when they got um, when they eventually got uh, strawberries in. Right. Finished their stock straight away. I'll get Amazing. a phone call. Well, we got some strawberries. All right, I'm taking it all. So we cover. So I was doing that while my photographer at the same events doing photography. We're cornering the market. Yeah. Exactly. You're unless there was unless there was amazing. I think it's still amazing that even though it's a city, it's like a small town. Word of mouth got me everywhere. So, while I'm doing this, what else am I doing? Remember, I'm not going to university. Yeah. I'm working at Jaiwala. Jaiwala's opened up. Uh, Mustafa, who's one of the brothers that owned Jaiwala, 
Right. Um, started working there behind the till, kind of got the managerial role by forcing it um, because I was doing everything a manager would. Um, so £5 an hour is what I was getting paid. Fair enough. I might do six hours in the evening. Damn. And out of that, I was spent about £5 get, uh, out of that, it was £7.50 for the taxi from my house to there and there back. So, you know, it wasn't making enough uh, that much, but it was paying for the cheap, easy jet, easy jet trips to, let's say, Portugal, for example. Or... Yeah, you save up a little bit, you can go Yeah, off. yeah, so it was all adding up, and now, you know what? I was living comfortably, man. I was, you know, if I needed to drive my mum's car, I had a license, I'd just get a day insurance policy out on it. You don't need the whole year? I don't need the whole year, because I'm not driving. No, exactly. Don't need it. Exactly. And you know what? It was a shame that I had to leave Leicester when I did leave Leicester. I think if I stayed there, because my family moved back as well when my degree had finished, so it was all moving back to London. Right. Had they stayed there for another two more years, I think MQA photography would have been massive. I think we would have had we would have had a whole a whole of Leicester's jobs. We were on I was on Facebook groups taking on jobs. Anyone know a photographer? Boom, go to someone's house. The kids been born. Take pictures. So why didn't you continue it when you moved back to London? So when I moved back to London, I needed something that was going to be stable income for a while. So I then beca- applied for jobs. But why did you, like if you knew that it took off in Leicester, right? Why couldn't you have started Customer that loyalty and your name. I would have had to restart building my brand again. For sure, but if you, if you had faith in your brand. But you, so know, the you, brand you knew so you had faith, Faith right? in brand. For the prices I was charging yeah. in Leicester was fine. I would have had to double my price because of travelling in London is more expensive. Overheads in London are more expensive. Right, okay. And I would have had to be more established in London to be able to be able to charge those prices. And for me, I was like, okay, if I'm not with my team, it was a great run in Leicester. Because you had the two guys working. I had the two well. guys and, you know, and, and I felt like, all right, it's time just to put this aside because mm-hmm. I wasn't enjoying the photography as well okay. anymore. It went from a hobby to work. It wasn't work that I was enjoying. It was okay. quite stressful. I thought, you know what, let me get a full working time job now. Let me just do right. it. Okay. So I got a job working for Heathrow Airport. Right, yeah. Spent two years pushing trolleys. Wow. Around the airport. You know, cleaning So you trolley. were the trolley man? I was a trolley boy. But if you were getting trolleys in, I was in Terminal 4. Yeah. You know, Air India and all that lot. So, you know, sometimes you land, there'll be no trolleys. Thanks to us, because we were doing mini strikes. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I was the one probably... that was leaving trolleys in the middle. Uh, that just so you would have to pick Well, it up. gives us something to do. Exactly, yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, my mum would be like, why would you do this? I'm like... Mm-hmm. Someone has to do it, right? Yeah, yeah. They get paid. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, I'm joking. I would never do that. No, but it gave us a job. So. <laughs> because if you look at other, if you look at other airports, the ones that you have to put a coin in, when you give it back in the certain stations, that reduces the need for trolley operatives. Yeah, the we'll one pound ones, right? Yeah, so we'll Wait, which airports do that? Right Gatwick, uh, Stansted. Do they do one pound coins? Yeah, I think I came into Gatwick once, and I had to, get, I had the camera gear with me, and I had to carry things on my head and my shoulder because the machine that. I had a twenty pound note and the machine would rotate ten pound notes. Oh my god! So it was. I was sweating by the time I got out of that hole. Anyway, luggage hole. Anyway, so I've come. I'm now working. I'm working. I right. I, I'm just working. I'm doing heavy overtime. I'm making enough money. I'm going again on holidays. Dubai spending more money than I'm going to Pakistan every year. Been back to There's Morocco. Vlogs on that, by the way. Yeah, um, the vlogs came later. No, but there are vlogs there, on Pakistan. Yeah, there right? are vlogs of yeah. Pakistan. I'm, I, you know what, and then I managed to do, uh, I paid for my own Umrah, so my family were Umrah. I and that was 2017. 17. Yes. yes. That was 2017, so I mean, I was making enough money. 
Right. My Tomra. I enjoyed it. Loved it. Amazing. And that's where your Dean is again back up, right? I think because... my Dean, my Dean. So let's go back to the Dean because one point I'm missing. In my third year university, the brothers are doing. My the brothers are turning second year, so the other brothers are met in the third year. Yeah. And these brothers had knowledge. I mean, they had knowledge. They had bare knowledge, man. These lot will. These lot will debate imams and these sheikhs and beat them. But like, knowledge, in a good way, or good. what I mean by good way being like they weren't trying to, you know. Manipulate no, you, no, no, right? no. They, like, they, they, I, I had where... this. I had understanding of a and fiqh when I learned in my back in the back when I was in. Yeah, I can understand it, but they clarified a lot of things. So you know, um, they clarified a lot of stuff. You know, right. my knowledge of a lot of things just went skyrocketed. You know, alhamdulillah, my family come to me if they want to know something, and if I don't know something, I know something. Um, but you know, I was able to have a lot of knowledge at that time compared to anything beforehand. And uh, you know, I I was under I you know I didn't listen to music like I said I wasn't listening to music I wasn't doing anything like that, and it was just Alhamdulillah Madin was at university I think one of the things was I couldn't and I'm gonna be honest about it, um, there was no such thing as compromise, right? So it was Dean was it's one way it's one way and unfortunately that rubbed, rubbed people off the wrong way, but it was great in terms of how to run an Islamic society correctly. Yeah, I mean to be fair. You need conform. You need uniformity in a society. We were actually branded as one of the strictest ISOCs, University of Leicester. Really. We fell out with the charity we call organizations organizers. Oh wow. Yeah, there was a story about that where actually to the point that obviously because I was a treasurer, I had to sign off a lot of things. The president and the and and the vice president of the Islamic Society as well. We all had the same uh, opinions of charity weekend. It could have been done more Islamically. Right. Okay. In, I I've, in, okay. I've never participated okay. in charity week apart okay. from like just donation. Or yeah. So also we did a lot of the stuff in the Midlands and all the Midlands universities would come and do the the come to our lecture halls in Leicester so right. that the charity week can do their talking to them and how to run things for example right. that year, but there was a lot of free mixing and we didn't like the free mixing. Okay. And we said, listen, there's certain things we don't agree with. So this year we're not going to do it, and yet in our third year we're not going with charity week this year. Right. We'll do our own charity. We can we'll give money to organizations that are doing things by the book. It's okay. Clear. Right. Fair enough. Um, we still like stayed in contact, and I remember the one of the leaders of the creators of Charity Week then decided to have a pop at me and say that I'm the reason that the orphans are dying because we're not giving them money. And because you're not giving Charity Week money. money. Yeah. Charity Week money. I was like, and there was one thing I wanted to say. He goes, "We're trying to unite all the brothers and sisters in charity." But he goes out, we don't ever say that we're a Muslim charity. I said, brother, you're part of Islamic Relief. The word Islamic Relief indicates you're a Muslim charity. Yeah, charity I'm... Week. You're using Mus- ISOCs. You're not using any other society. It's all Islamic societies, right? Yeah, so if Islamic... your top level is Islamic, yeah, your bottom yeah, level is Islamic, Islamic. Like, yeah, so... surely the middle has to also be Islamic. Yeah, so... You know, the you um, it, it got it got heated with them, for example. So we Fair never did that. We just did our own charity week. Okay. Um, we were, I was very ruthless with our spending because we had inherited a debt from the previous society, the right. previous committee. We were branded as very strict, but alhamdulillah, we were happy the way we did. Because the difference is, I might if I was a free mix outside, that's different. If you were to free mix outside, that's different. But if I hold an event that you free mixed up, because we could have controlled the outcome of that event. Yeah. It's a bit more different because we're responsible for everyone that's in that event. Yeah. 
And that's why Islamic societies forget to understand that when yeah. you're doing so when you're doing something that's gonna be looking at we did we tried to do one where and I tell you and I'll tell you an example. We did an event where we segregated the brothers and sisters in the same hall, no partition. As I was walking around, these brothers were making lewd comments about sisters across the room, saying what they would do to them. Bro, oh. I chopped them out. I chopped them out. I slapped them in the back of the head and I chopped them out. So that's not how, how I want you to speak of women like that. Yeah, of course. Yeah? I don't want to speak about women like that. And that's, you know, it wasn't the women's fault. It was the guys. But what we learned from that was, all right, sisters have their own events in their own halls. We have our own events in our own halls. And the sisters never had an uproar. They were happy about that. The brothers were happy about that. Yeah, I mean, and, and I'm I actually made a lot of effort. Like I said, we did. You know the Manny Mayweather fight, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. We did right. a massive barbecue at my house. Where two barbecues going on, plus other stuff. I things that I was cooking as well at the same time. I had the brothers looking after the barbecue. I was cooking in the kitchen. We had, I had everyone in a crammed into a room, but maybe slightly twice as big as this. Right. About fifty mans in there. Sweet. We had FIFA nights. We you know would make just proper banter. Yeah, just would make it so that you know no one's feeling you know that they're real brothers. We all doing things. Right. So the dean, the dean was there. So I've come, you know, I've you know, I've had that. I got. I, I'm surprised I got into Heathrow with that big beard as I did. Right. Yes. Yeah. Right, my beard was massive at that point. I um, remember. Yeah, you. I think you saw. Yeah, yeah, you would have seen saw, the beard. Yeah, hedge, yeah, I saw the yeah. hedge beard. Yeah, so the hedge beard was a big beard. Um, so yeah, I've gone holiday. I've gone Turkey. Uh, I don't really enjoy Turkey because it's focused. It's really they sell the Islamic history, but there's nothing else more Islamic. Fair enough. I mean, a lot of people do agree with that. When you say it like that, they have a lot of Islamic history, but there's yeah. nothing Islamic about it anymore. Yeah, I don't think I would go to <laughs> Turkey for Islamic reasons. I'll no. just go to Turkey for. I went because I was. I enjoy. It. You know, what I think I went to Morocco yeah. and I enjoyed it because the Muslims out there were amazing. Like the hospitality. Fair There's enough. two brothers, Mohammed Sabir and uh, Taha. They, uh, I was at, believe it or not. So this is me wondering, networking. Yeah. Networking again. Networking is amazing. Right. right? Net. You have to network. Sure. So I was, I was part of a photographer's car spots page, and these brothers from Morocco set something up, and I'm in Marrakesh. I'm getting bored in Marrakesh. So, so I messaged. Just... I said, "Bro, where you guys live at? They go live in Rabat, a five-hour train journey." First time in Mor in in in, in, in sorry uh, in Morocco. In Morocco. Yeah. I'll travel from Marrakesh to Rabat to meet strangers. I'm staying at their houses. I'll come back the year after, and I'm staying at the houses now, and I consider them to be very good friends. The hospitality. Could have got mugged, but you know. I could have got mugged, but these brothers. I had a camera with me as well. But these brothers, I think seventy at that point, maybe the five D as well. Um, you know, I could have got mugged, but these brothers were amazing, man, Fair and enough. and I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the hospitality. Uh, and I thought, okay, let me see if there's anything... You know, the Adhan, everything, feel it. But you, I just didn't get that connection. Fair enough, in Turkey. Yeah. So I've done Umrah 2017. And then, obviously, Dean-wise, I'm still working at Heathrow and Trolleys. I get to... I applied for the security officer's role. And they said, I've got it. But I said, can I start after I come back from Hajj? And they were like, yeah. Amazing. So I've Life done... Life is ha- on the up, right? Life is on the up. So Alhamdulillah, I'm doing Hajj. Alhamdulillah. Hajj. I've That's done Hajj. Met. That's where we met, and uh, if you want to talk more, if you want to say more, more about Hajj experience, go on to let, uh, our episode with, uh, with this brother over here, and you'll, you'll, uh, you'll, we do talk quite a bit about Hajj. Yeah. But again, for me, that level is, so I tell you levels of success where I felt now, owning my own photography business, right, working at Great London Authority, I did an internship in China, I networked there like crazy, I even got to get to drive a Ferrari, 
by networking. Sweet. So the area manager for Ferrari bought me a ticket to go outside of Shanghai, on the corner of Shanghai, picked me up in a Maserati, let me drive the Maserati, let me drive a California, Ferrari California, then a Ferrari... Uh, What are the, the records? Uh, F12, uh, the F12, which is about 700, 700 brake horsepower. And let me take it up to 182 miles an hour. Damn. Yeah, so that was all part of networking. For me, that was a level of success. Amazing, yeah. Go, getting into university for me was a success because I was the first generation in my own fam- my own immediate family, yeah. right? Starting the business up, like I said, the photography one was a major one for me because yeah. I had stuff. I yes. felt like it was going well. I was taking on bookings. I had a booking sheet. I had a booking sheet, man. I never yeah. thought I could even you get to that. You were managing this. I was managing this. You know, I had I had chocolate fountains. I had deliveries coming in. I had you know stuff coming out. It and was it a went, proper business. It was it, a pro- it was it, a it front was, to back. It business. was. I didn't make enough to be taxed. Tax man. Anyway. Um, yeah. Let's let's yeah. Let's, yeah, let's, skip, let's over. skip over that yeah. that side of thing. Yeah. But I guess. And then for me, the next big then was getting a job at Heathrow. Yes. Because at the time I applied for Heathrow, I applied for Sunset Airport. I got into Sunset Airport. I was the only brown candidate there. Right. And I haven't thrown out from Sunset beforehand. I w- I've been subject to you know let's say um, profiling. Right. Uh, by the staff over there. Fair enough. And I was at, and I applied for security officer there, but I applied for passenger service operative. Little did I know it was pushing trolleys. It was a fancy for pushing trolleys Fair and helping out with contingencies. At the airport, but um, that was a good stepping ladder because then, uh, as I was le- as I was in that assessment center, I got a phone call from Heathrow saying you got the job. I walked out the assessment center from Stanson. I got a job at Heathrow. Yeah. The guy goes to me, I don't blame you. He goes, I don't blame you. Yeah, fair enough. So I got got a job at Heathrow. Did the two years there. Did my Hajj. And for me, biggest point of success in my life was Hajj. To be young, to be able to pay for it. I mean, I paid half first and then my parents covered the other half and I paid them back. So the year after. I did a committee. Huh? Yeah. I, I had to do a committee. You had to do a committee, fair yeah. enough. Um, but yeah, for me, it wasn't the year I'd planned to go. I'd planned to go the next year as we talked about. Mm. But everything fell in place, alhamdulillah. And got to do Hajj, it was an amazing experience. And I, since then, I always want to go back to do Umrah. One more, I would like to do Umrah again. Inshallah. Inshallah. So since then, uh, I've travelled again, Dubai. I've done Dubai big. So then after that, 2019, I went to Dubai, Tokyo and Pakistan. Yeah, I For me, I vlogged that. that. So that was the first part of the Bearded Traveller. So before that, the Bearded Traveller, when I went to Turkey, I had Bearded Traveller t-shirts. All I wanted to sell was t-shirts and uh, hoodies. That was just the inception of an idea. That right? was an inception of an idea. And, and you know what? It was being lazy that it never worked. And this is what you're. I'm trying to show you guys that I had a lot of things going on. Mm. I'm trying to juggle a lot of things here. Yeah. Right? I'm really seriously trying to juggle things here. And I'm being lazy. I'm not putting the focus where it needs to be. Yeah. Consistency. We talked about consistency in your podcast. Yeah. And I'm talking about consistency on other podcasts as well. I didn't have that consistency. Right. Right? I was lazy. I was like, you know, I'll get to it next day. I'll get to it next day. Get to it next yeah, day. Yeah, that, that mentality does dampen progress, right? So I posted, so the Bidu Traveller actually started with the Hajj vlog and the feedback I got from the Hajj vlogs. Mm. To this day, I can get a phone call from somebody saying, I'm watching your Hajj vlogs. Amazing. People who went Hajj the year after, some of my friends, they were like, we learned about Hajj through your yeah, pod, I, your I vlogs. Yeah, I watch it and, and I mentioned yeah. that in my... Yeah, yeah. people still learn yeah. how to do people learn how to via what I've shown and uh, for me 
Alhamdulillah, the reason I did the Hajj, and I say that, and again, and I say it in my vlogs, is to inspire young people. When you've got the money and the health and less commitments, go do Hajj. Because you're looking at 10,000 plus now yeah. to do Hajj. We paid at six. Well, I guess just to that point, yeah. right? If you've got five, six, seven thousand pounds in the bank, if you delay it, you've already had the money. So that excuse of, oh, I can't afford it, goes out of the window. You know what? It's a good way to put that. So like, that don't put that money towards a car, allow it, but go to your Hajj first. Yeah, like for me, when I got married, right? Yeah. I knew as soon as I got married, I had the money, mm. but obviously I was getting married, mm. right? I was like, look, I'm already liable to actually do Hajj. Yeah. I have to do it. Yeah. And that's why, like, obviously the next year I couldn't because I was ground zero, but the following year, it was like, I have to go do Hajj. And I was like, if I die now, I haven't done Hajj, but I could have. Yeah. And, yeah, that's so, not the state that you want to go in, right? Exactly. So. I mean, I didn't have that much money in the bank before Hajj. But when I we agreed, that I said to my mom, I'll do Hajj with you guys, mom and dad. I had about four or five months because it's very late. Mm. So Hassan added me on. And um, they were like, all right, so I did. I killed myself in overtime. I did overtime to the and day. you make it work. I did overtime to the day before we left. Right. Wow. So I was there with the first Hajj group left. I was there to see them off, and the next day I'm going off to Hajj with the other Hajj group. That's incredible. Yeah, so um, I was there with Mishkat helping him out. So I managed to, I got some people, kind of just go help him out. He goes, yeah, and make sure they got the extra, you know, legroom seats and everything like that. And I was just like, okay, you know, so, you know, done Hajj, a big thing. I'm like, okay, what am I doing now? I, I vlogged the Beta Traveller. Mm. The Beta Traveller has officially started when we went to Hajj. Right. I realised how much effort you'd have to put in and then I was trying to edit the videos at the same time. I trust me when I'm in I had good videography uh, photography experience. Videography, editing, I had no experience. I had to teach myself. Even the littlest things, how to add a title sequence or yeah. an app on a phone. Um so I've been I done videography as a shooter, so I'd I shoot a video but I wouldn't do anything with the editing. So for that's different, a different story, that's, right? that's, that's a story. whole different ballgame. So I've I've done that. I've not really uploaded, and then I thought, you know what, let me do this Tokyo the thingy trip. Because um, a lot of people say they want to go to Tokyo, and, you know, and I love... And there's a brown man in Tokyo, right? Yeah. You I definitely mean, want to see that, right? Yeah, so Tokyo was okay. I enjoyed it. Right. Uh, if you're really practicing, I say look on the floor when you're walking through Tokyo, because there's a lot of semi-pornography everywhere you walk. Really? Oh, like... You know, girls in made outfits, a lot of stuff, like posters are all up at the shops on what they're selling. Like, basically... Anime, yeah, anime. You see the anime, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, fair enough. We're going towards our, yeah, the bad stuff. Um, it was just everywhere. Yeah, everywhere there's going. another word for bad yeah, yeah, anime, yeah, but yeah, yeah. let's not. Let's not say. Yeah, let's not. Um, so that. yeah, so um, but then did Dubai, mm -hmm. and the problem was I've always been to Dubai on a budget, and that year I was like, you know what, I don't want to do Dubai on a budget. Do it. Let you had enough money in my account. I just said, oh, at least I'm gonna spend as I go. Do and it. Got, uh, like I said, um, when I say about networking, knew somebody from somebody. So I talking to this guy on, on WhatsApp and he does car rentals in Pakistan and Dubai. Right, brilliant. So I chatted to him and I was like, alright, what do you do? You give me a discount. Prior to meeting him actually, I sent so many people towards him as customers. Right. I set up my own uh, Instagram page, it's no longer there because I'm no longer doing it. But I was like the middleman between them and him. 
And I was like, so, okay, but then it was getting a bit where he was becoming very, he wasn't becoming reliable, and I'm getting phone calls. So I sent her while I'm at work, going, oh, he's not here, he's not here. And I'm like, you know, sometimes the traffic in Dubai can be gridlock. Yeah, yeah. All yeah. of a sudden, it can just be gridlock. Yeah. They've improved it since. But what I'm saying is, um, so the networking again, and I'm out there now, I've got a Ferrari for, for £250 a day, no deposit, no depot. Bad. And he's not holding my passport, he trusts me enough. Yeah? And the guy, even, the guy when he met me, he's, from, he's a Pakistani from back home, who's obviously doing this stuff on the side, with uh, getting leases and stuff like that. Right. Very, very good guy, he's a very nice guy. For a guy who's from back home, he came and gave me a gift when he to me, and I was really confused. I was like, "The brother's from back home. He shouldn't be giving me gifts." Yeah, yeah. He it gave me a gift. Right, it was a high quality baklava and other sweets, like you know, from a proper company. Yeah. Not your cheap local company. It's a proper co- yeah, like a, a proper Arab company. thing. Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, "There, just you know, I was like that." So uh, it was Ramadan when I was there, actually. So then I was like, "Okay, you know what? Um, our hotel does an iftar, and it's about it's quite expensive the iftar." Because a lot of people, a lot of Arabs come to this place. Yeah. And not, not um, Arabs only come to this place. And we're probably the two non-Arabs that were there. Oh, okay, fair enough. And um, the hotel, you know, I was like, all right, I want to pay for his iftar. So I told him to come. He was like, no, 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 I don't want to come. I said, listen, you're going to come. Yeah. So alhamdulillah, so, you know, alhamdulillah, it's about making those friends. Yeah, of course. He uh, gave you something, you give something back. Alhamdulillah, I mean, the, uh, the, um, um, I told the thing I was reviewing there, um, I was going to review their uh, little ho- the hotel, yeah. Maiden Hotel, shout out to them as well. Wow, Amazing. Enough. And uh, they they wiped that off the bill for me. They go as if, they go as Ramadan, we don't, pay, we don't want you to pay for iftar. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. So it was nice. So again, it was just networking mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. So I've done that. I've come back now and I'm like, right, I'm at Heathrow, a good few years now, overtime, killing it, going on holidays, yeah. being to Dubai again, being to Nice. That was beautiful. You have to go to Nice. If you haven't gone to Nice, go to Nice. It's amazing. I, that's still on my list. Yeah. I leave Algarve, Portugal. Got nothing on it, man. Algarve, Portugal was boring. Nice was amazing. But you know what I say? Yeah. Something is nice to see a Muslim face when you're in countries like that. Because in Algarve, no one never saw a Muslim face. In Nice, you go past them that says a little bit of a halal sign. You're like, hey, brothers. Yeah. So I do, I do, and I'll tell you something like that. And uh, when I was in Shanghai... I felt down because I, there was no, you don't feel it until you're there, but there was no Muslim interaction Fair. at all. Wow. I went into a mosque. I found a mosque on the other side of Shanghai. It was what you couldn't make that commute every day, but I made that commute one day. Signed that mosque, content. Like there were brothers trying to talk to me in, J- in Chinese. I was like, bro. Was it a nice mosque? Or? It was good enough. It was good enough. It was nice. Were there mosque. any Pakistanis, brown people? No, but the problem is when you look, uh, so the, like I said, when I was getting halal food once, I got halal food once a week in Shanghai. Right. Because it was a bit far, it was not far from where my office should have been, but I worked from home. Right. Pre-COVID. Hey, working from home, you don't have to be in COVID conditions. What? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, luckily the guy who, one of my managers, he goes, yeah, I found a halal place for you. He was that nice to find me one. He right. goes, these guys are from Western uh, China. Right. Shares a border. Shares a border and uh, they look Pakistani, right? Bro, you can consider them Pakistani. The eyes are slightly different. You try speaking Punjabi, Urdu, any words of Arabic, no. Um, so I'm at this restaurant, but luckily the son speaks English. Okay, you get educated. So finally got all my food. I used to go there once a week. Was part of an internship group. There was a guy from uh, I, I don't want to offend him, uh, but he's probably not listening to this. So um, they got a Dutch 
It's a Dutch. It's, it's Dutch. It's, it's not Dutch. It's not Netherlands. It's Denmark. Den- Den- Denmark. Denmark. Okay, Danish. The, Danish, yes, Danish. Yeah, so um, he's Danish and there was somebody from uh, Chile, I think. Right. So, it, it, you know, a bunch of people would all go out and stuff like that. Right. We'd go out to eat and stuff like that. We'd go to a halal place as well. I remember he, he used to drink more alcohol than water. There was always a beer can. In the, the Danish can. guy? Yeah, the Danish guy. Anyway, he knocks on my door at 7 o'clock in the morning after right. being pissed all night. He goes, I want to go get a kebab. And I'm like, what, the halal place? He goes, yeah, but they don't open till about 4 p.m. Go back to bed. Or about 4 p.m. Like... Yeah, but anyway, so back to you, obviously, now. I'm at, he- I'm at Heathrow. I'm just enjoying life. I'm working at 95. I'm getting too comfortable. Mm. And I'm like, I want to start photography again, but no, it's not for me. What can I do? What can I do? Uh, Beta Traveller, I'm looking at maybe... So I'm reviewing... Uh, now Beta Traveller has now come to its new course of direction. Right. Which is obviously airline hotel reviews. We can't do that as much because obviously yep. um, that's, that's the plan. Restaurant reviews. And boy, did those kick off. Those, those, like, yeah. yep, restaurant reviews. No matter how many halal restaurant stuff you've got, everyone does it a bit differently. Everyone talks about it differently. Yeah. And, everyone and has different taste buds. Everyone has different taste buds. But yeah, I think the benefit of my, my USP was that I really talk about the flavours of the food. Right. Whereas everyone just puts in a little summary of the whole evening, price, and what they ordered. I do what I ordered, a rating, talk about that food. Rating, talk about that food. Fair enough. And then... And then I do videos and stuff like that. Right. And some of them was getting 800 likes, 1,000 likes. I don't even have 1,000 followers. Damn. You know what I mean? So it's been hard to produce real followers on that page. Uh, Inshallah. Inshallah, it takes time, you know, post-COVID. Yeah. So then um, we're, we're producing, producing, producing. Mm. COVID hits. Right. There's nothing really I can do. Now people are saying, why don't you do takeaways? For me, that's not the how ha- I like the food to be presented. I like to take a video of the area. Yeah, that's not what yeah. your that's the, not the, what your brand is, right? Yeah. And a lot of a lot of a lot of the beta traveler stuff. Uh, so a lot of these review play, halal review page pages mm-hmm. do it. They take a picture of the food in the car. I'm like, you realize that the food that you get in the car is not the same food you're getting in the restaurant. Yeah, it's not the same. Yeah, quality. it's not fair on them when you're doing the review. It's not fair on you when you're eating. So when everything is back to normal, I can start doing that. So what what is the future for the Beta Traveller? At the moment, we've obviously merged into the podcast at the moment as a separate thing, more inspiration. Mm-hmm. And the reason I started more inspiration, again, like I said in the beginning, to inspire others. Yes, of course. Um, obviously, I've got my food, Fuego in the kitchen. That literally started from me doing cooking videos. The steak, right? The well, steak. The, yeah. There was steak. There was a few other dishes I put on the Beta Traveller because I tried to do that in the COVID time. Yeah. Cooking food and showing people. Yeah, like this is what people, I like. People know I'm a, good, I'm a decent cook. Fair enough, yeah. And so that was something to fill in so I'm not losing followers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I thought something different. Right. Let me Let me work into a bit of videography. Bought myself an iPhone 12 Pro Max just for the quality, video quality. Yeah. Learning how to just edit. Re, re your skills up. And re your skills up. Now I've got, I did, last week I just done up my room, made it into an office, got myself a Mac. Yeah, I saw that. And that was Mac, nice. Yeah. It was stressful. I'm not a DIY man. Fair enough. I mean, yeah, but I'd rather just pay someone to just do it for me. And so obviously, a couple of weeks ago, I've yeah. left. I've resigned from Heathrow Airport. Right. Um. So uh, at the moment, I've not got any stable income coming. However, get the food orders out. Uh, and the last thing for my stable income is what I'm thinking about now. Like I said, I'm not thinking about. It. It's in the process of my own digital marketing company. We will sure. handle. Any businesses, social media, from creating content, mm-hmm. engagement, 
because engagement is a big thing now. So when we talk about followers, when we talk about followers, we talk about um, um, likes. That doesn't mean anything anymore. No. Saving the post, sharing the post, engaging with the online polls and your stories and the reels. They're really specified on reels as well. Right. And hitting the reels is very, unless you're a girl, reels ain't going to hit. Yeah. yeah. All these girls doing the TikTok videos and stuff, equivalents on reels, that's getting traction. Any good looking female will gain traction on reels. Yes, of course. If your genuine business is slightly harder, I see businesses struggling. And it's just algorithm. I remember one day I posted one of my things. It got over a thousand views right. on the on the reels. Everything else is averaging at 370 or something like that every every reel. Damn, yeah, fair but enough. one hit a thousand. I got notifications that your reels hit over a thousand views. I was like, in, a, in, about, in about an hour, I'm like, huh? What just happened? What just happened? It just hit the algorithm yeah, correctly. fair enough. Unfortunately, Instagram algorithm changes every few months, so you just don't know so what's going to work. Yeah, exactly. We will create uh, your posters, flyers, website designs. We will. The problem is that if I can't do it, I have a group of people now I can outsource the work to, who I've really? seen the portfolio. And we need to. Sh- if you want to see the portfolio, I'm now trying to build a a kind of platform where they have all the portfolios, right. and you can choose from whoever you want. Mm-hmm. Um, that's got, that's that's the second phase of the business. That the first phase is just getting it started at the moment. Sure. I've already got clientele asking me to do little videos for them. Right. But bear in mind the quality you get, you pay for what you get. Absolutely. And Absolutely. this is the reason is um I do I am a believer in small profit margin, high, high quality, low, right? high quantity. Yeah. I'm not big profit margin because it's a risky game of playing then, right? Yeah, I mean some and if you're lucky to get a, a client that's willing to pay a certain amount. That's your high profit margin. Then you can up, you can always add value to something. Yes. You do a standard package. What else do you want to do? All right, this one's gonna be slightly more expensive. Add that. Add that. Add that. And I'm, you know, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm at the point where I podcast. If there's anyone, any anyone that's in media, in sixth form or high school, that hasn't had the experience because of COVID and work experience. Again, like I say, you can come over to more inspiration. We'll give you that experience. Yeah, 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 you I can guess you build your portfolio that way, right? Yeah, you can build your portfolio that way as well. What you've edited, how you how you've edited. Uh, I'll talk to you about you know sound, lighting, the lighting setups that we got in here. I've got at yeah. home as well. Um, again, I'm gonna get back into photography and videography, but that's part of the, the whole, whole thing, marketing. Right? Yeah, so exactly. I'm toning up my skills, as you see on the beta traveler. You see little pictures of like me testing out the cameras and stuff like that, and little photos. But like I said, talking about all of this, it's. It's about being focused. Yeah. And like I said, I, I've got a lot to share because mm-hmm. I've had a very, let's say, a very busy, busy childhood and adulthood yeah. up to now. Like I've moved around a lot. I've done a lot. Um, I've, I've worked a lot, um, you know, and it's been a bit of a mess and I've got a lot to share about it. However, the whole point of this like, podcast, and I say that is... What what are you guys looking for me? And I'm what I am saying is, don't be afraid to start something up. You don't need a million quid. Let me tell you this: before you go in the kitchen, two hundred pound investment started off with, right? It's not that much. The camera equipment was a bit more; it was about three grand. However, there's other ways to go about. It. You can hire equipment. I don't have three grand now to start off with my photography anymore. 
So I hide the you equipment. You start with your own phone, right? So start with your own you phone. Can, you, don't, yeah, you can start off with your own phone, but if you're going into professional workplaces, they want to see professional equipment. Of course, yeah, yeah. But then, I'm talking yeah, like yeah, someone that's yeah, just starting yeah, from start, scratch. Yeah, and I'm more than happy to help anyone out in my spare time. Sure. And right now I've got a lot of spare time. And so, but by the time you hear this, I might, not, I might be working somewhere else as well on the side. I need a stable income coming through as well. Um, it's always good to have stable income because you can reinvest that as well. Um, at the end of the day, I want to own my own restaurant. Sure. Uh, my friend wants to own his own shisha bar, which attaches to the restaurant. I said, that's fine. And uh, later this year, I'm doing a close protection course, bodyguard course. It's, uh, that's because I think it's always been in my nature to protect. I love Fair protection. Enough. I love security. And I guess that's coming back from your uncle. Yeah, yeah. Having and, that, and I think that yeah, is... Impression yeah, on you. Yeah, in that impression. I'm always... You know, if I see someone, you know, if I see, I remember that like, I saw a kid getting hit outside one of the schools in my ends. And I literally pulled over the car and jumped out. He was getting rushed, bro. I don't care who, I don't care how, how what course, is your, yeah. I'm going to backhand any little, any little, you know, little, little turd. There's many words. Yeah, 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 any there, little yeah. turds that are starting on someone. Because that could have, that was me years ago. Yeah. But at the end of the day, but the thing is, and, and I know that job, obviously, I'm not, I'm not just doing it for the protection. It pays well. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, the initial four grand training is a lot, but however, that you're after all, that, you're after that yeah. it's fine. So I'm doing the, uh, hopefully by the end of this year, I'll have my own firm. I want my own firm. Inshallah. Inshallah. That's an amazing goal to have. But however, that's going to come with experience. I need to do the jobs to gain the experience to start my own firm. Don't rush it in. Like I said, there are people that get a qualification and start a business straight away, right? You have to understand that Take it slow. Know what you're doing because yeah. it's all your business is always going to be set on your reputation. Once that reputation is gone, because you've done a bad job, bad customer service, it's very hard to build up the reputation again, of course. especially with social media. Right, and now. it's easier to lose reputation than gain. Yeah, especially during social media times. Yeah, yeah, and so. yeah. So I mean, that's that's my thing. Is like, Fair listen, enough. do your research. Look at alternatives in terms of spending money. Right, and I'm always there to help. I'm always there to help. If you're doing going into photography, rent equipment. If you're looking at marketing, rent things out. Right. Ask your family and friends if they've got anything that they can help you out with. Read a little bit. If you don't read, if you don't like reading because there's different learning types, YouTube videos. Audiobooks. Audiobooks. Yeah. However, YouTube videos are fantastic for visual learners. Absolutely sure. fantastic. There's a lot you can learn. There's a lot I've learned on editing software on. And like with um, um, what do you call it? Um, the Apple equivalent. I keep forgetting. It. I've got it on my computer. Oh, the Final Cut Pro. Yeah. yeah, Final Cut Pro. I finally got it. I was using it last night. Final Cut Pro. I've had to learn on YouTube how to use it. Now I'm installing a, a Premiere Pro, Adobe Premiere Pro. After this, I'm going home and I'm studying Adobe Premiere Pro. It's not going to be an overnight thing, but I'm just feel like I'm going yeah. up till six o'clock in the morning doing it. However, you know, it, but you have to put in so. Do your research. Yeah. Right? Manage your time correctly. Right? Um, be realistic with your goals. Yeah. Get help if you need it. Don't be asked to, uh, Do not be afraid to ask for help. You can't always do it by yourself. And sometimes criticism can be good for you. Yeah. And sometimes people just hate because they want to hate, but you've got to be able to filter because that. Because there's a tone in tone, there's, the there's way someone tone. tells you, right? Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, crap. Yeah. This looks crap. Yeah. But if someone says, nah, this is just... Yeah. Never do it again. It's just like, bruv, relax. Just tell me where I need to improve and yeah. I'll improve it. Yeah, exactly. Set yourself goals as well. Yeah. What kind of milestones you're going to hit and what it's going to take to get there. Right? That's you don't need it. a million pound or 10 grand to start a business. 
All you need is a couple of hundred quid. You can get going. You don't have to register things straight away. Tax money ain't going to come for you straight away because you're not earning enough to be coming straight away. You know, you have to have There's a certain... There's really bigger fish to actually catch than, say, you... Yeah, but then you're not you're not actually eligible to play for tax when you're doing. Yeah, no, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just so like you don't need to worry yeah, about yeah, something yeah. that is just like. Yeah, exactly, and just you know, be focused and be consistent with your work. Because the moment you fall off, it's very hard to get back on. I get lazy even to this day now. Last night I was thinking I need to do some editing, right? And I was like, what if I get up in the morning? Yeah, it's Friday. Friday. But I stayed up till four o'clock in the morning. Well, I was up till five on my computer. Kat came to pay me a visit and I knew that she woke up at a time and was like, oh no, I'm too, I'm, I'm up too late. Yeah, I went to bed. This is, yeah. But you know what I mean? So it's just, it's all of that. And we go, uh, so yeah, I mean, that's it. I mean, that, that's my advice for anyone starting a business. I think mindset. So understand business, networking. Mm-hmm. Networking is for you as a person, making friendships, mm-hmm. making business friendships, you know, because the result of my networking, you know, I've got friends for life. Absolutely. Oh, and I'm a very strong advocate of networking as well. I actually try and I'm help also, people yeah. actually learn how to network. Ne- like, personally, I got my last job because yeah. of networking. I literally just cold emailed someone and yeah. got a job. Yeah, exactly. Don't be afraid to be out there. It's not, yeah. and I think there's a perception that it's kissing ass. It's not kissing ass. No. It's Never. not. It's completely no. different. Networking is putting yourself out there, talking. Be even if it's out of your comfort zone, trust me. A lot of people can't rely on being successful just on yeah networking. Like for example, like say if you're boys with your boss, yeah. right? That's like being friends with anyone else. Yeah. You know, you're giving that respect to your boss, yeah. obviously because they're your boss, right? But if you're friends with them, mm-hmm. that that's not ass kissing. Yeah. Right. It's just because you're friends, you can actually have that chat in a specific way. But what I want to do in the interest of time as well, I want to, you know, wrap it all up in the sense that you were telling me, uh, or, you know, we've actually spoken about this, that you've, you know, gone through a few things in terms of anxiety and depression and all that, you know, mental health cycle. And that's been very, very recent. You know, how has that impacted you and what did you do to deal with it as well as what advice would you have for your listeners? Yeah, so like you said, we talk about this on our other podcasts as well. Yeah. About, uh, and I have mentioned a little bit snippets of my experiences. Uh, so I thought this is a great platform now to talk about mental health. And the whole idea of behind more inspiration was as well as to talk about mental health. That was one of the starting points. So yeah, so last year, um, COVID hit. Yeah. Um, I think at that time, I was probably not thinking straight, not having right focuses. It was a lot of things changing for everyone. I think everyone's been affected by COVID, but yeah. for me, I'm a very sociable person. I'm out more than I'm in. Fair enough. And it's not it's not going out clubbing or being silly. It's just chatting to people, being at someone's house, networking, ch- networking, talk, talking, being friends, just having friends. Like I said, I'm very independent in my own house. I'm not very me and my relationship with my parents, etc., is very limited. It's just how I've grown up to be. Fair very enough. very independent at home. However, when I'm outside with my friends, I feel a bit more like myself. Right. At home, I don't. Okay. I think I think that's just me just having to be the serious one at home. Right. Because yeah. you've got younger brothers yeah. and so on. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, so, yeah, I was going through the mental health. Mm-hmm. It started off with, you know, just feeling a bit low, not being able to travel, having to cancel plans of traveling. I, a few places ago that, uh, 2000, no, last year. Then, um, the thing was, 
I was put uh, the problem is, and I've always been this problem that is, and I came that it's this just put it aside, put it aside, push it aside, put it under the carpet, mm. deal with, I deal with it later, you know, it, you know, just be a man. Yeah. Be a man. man so I've been bullied and that had an old sense, but that was a different type of I think. I this is emotion, this, right? Yeah, this is this is a different level of emotion. This is uh, so. If you don't know me, everyone knows that I'm very I'm a control freak. Right. OCD I'm a, level. No, not OCD, like okay. timing wise. Right. Like my friends know me that I will be at, if I say I'm at your house at seven thirty, I'll be at your house at seven thirty, if not seven twenty nine. But I usually rock up seven thirty on the dot. So Yeah. Like and like when I went out was when I was going out with my friends last year, some of them kinda of realised that I am a control freak. Be there at the time because yeah, I understand that if I've said to somebody, mm-hmm. if we're going to a restaurant and I get a seven thirty reservation. Yeah. I've if I'm being late to that reservation, that's not that's an impact on my character. Not that they care, but no, it's me. It's like, I don't want to give you lot the thing, the hassle, or where's this guy coming, we've got other people waiting for a table, should we give it or not? Should we give it away or not? Yes, yeah, some have a 50 minute leeway, but some people don't. And, but you know, and the stuff like that. So I was very controlled. And for the first time, I didn't feel like I was in control. Right. For the first time, I didn't feel like I was in control of a situation because mm-hmm. COVID was in control and I wasn't in control. Yeah. Um, you know, my friends were going through a lot of things and I was too busy helping them out to think about what I was going through. Right. And then that's me always helping other people out. I learned that from my uncle. So my friends were going through other things. Um, they were going through a bit of here and there, some of my closest friends. And they were going through a lot of things and I made their problems my problems. Right. And I tried to resolve those problems. And you know, and I think I wasn't looking at myself. I started feeling low, feeling a bit thing. Then all of a sudden, panic attacks. Oh, okay. I couldn't breathe. And the problem was, if you couldn't breathe, you had struggle breathing. It's like a COVID symptom. I did stress, right? And I knew it wasn't a COVID system because I wasn't getting anything else. Yeah, yeah. However, you know, it lies and it lingers in the back of your head. I remember it got to a point where I was in the bathroom and I couldn't breathe for a minute properly. And I was at that point as, can I, will I be able to unlock the door in case I pass out? Damn, so I'm holding the, the sink. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if I drop, no, you might hear me thud because I'm a big guy, but it's going to take a while for someone to realise that I'm in the bathroom for ages. Yeah, yeah. You know, Right, and you know, if anything, we, happens, uh, anything happens, it could be serious. Yeah, yeah. It, could, it could be serious. And that point, I think I knew I was going through a rough time. Right. Like, to be, I don't understand what was the sole purpose of it all going through, like that whole thing of the panic attacks. Mm-hmm. I think of my body trying to deal with the whole this COVID thing. I was working through the pandemic at Heathrow Airport. So, so I had the worry of COVID. Mum had been through COVID once already. Right. At that time. And I was saying, I couldn't be out I couldn't be where I wanted to be and I, I and I'm not going to apologise for this I'm going to be blatant is I didn't follow a lot of lockdown rules as well because if I didn't I'd be in a worse place than I was now than I was yeah, and I had to be out I had to be out it's hard to you know I mean perks of being a perks yeah, of, but the thing is I got some of that relief working as well because when I was at work I was interacting and socialising and I you was, had a strong group of friends there yeah, as well yeah right? I did yeah. I mean but for me as well I was I was given a new position at the Heathrow airport as a security trainer right But when, and that was a job that you know for, for someone who's already worked at Heathrow as security for one year to become a trainer was a fantastic th- it was a fantastic yeah. thing you know, you know, people. Some people wait years to do that, and it's not that you can't do it in a year. Other people have done it in a year, but for me, that was a personal milestone for me. I was like, achievement, right? And yeah, and for me, I'm not known as a teacher. Like you know, people look at me like you can't handle kids, but this was handling adults. Something similar, but something different as well. But I was in my element. I mean, kids are 
dumb compared yeah, to yeah. adults, right? Yeah, yeah. Adults will try and sneak yeah. you in other yeah. ways, whereas kids are more obvious yeah. to, you know, like... But it was teacher security. It was talking. And when I got into full swing of it, people were telling me how good I was. Like, to you know, like, you know, my manager told me how good I was. My, co- my own peers were telling me... I mean, there were some people that didn't like the fact that I got the job. Right? These are people that will be watching this as well. So you haters can hate, but you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, I enjoyed what I did. I enjoyed teaching. The way I taught was different. For example, I can't talk about what I was teaching, but certain things I would actually draw it out on a piece of paper because my training that I had as that time, I mean, some people are visual learners, but this is again, it's about learning. When I first started, I had this perception that everyone's going to do it as I say, and when someone in the in, in the room in my, in my sessions aren't listening, I'm just going to have a go at them. But then when I did this training about how to teach, I understood that why some of these people are disruptive is because they choose to sit at the back because they're, vi- they're not auditory learners, they're visual learners. So I'd have them on the x-ray machine. I'd have them operating the x-ray machine. When they're doing that, the less is disruptive. Yeah. And they don't have to show it, but they have a bit more interest in it. And they're having more fun. Yeah, so it, I was in my element. Honestly, I was happy. I was loving the job, yeah? It had its, you know, as any job has its stresses, its workplace of politics, etc. A, uh, a lot of trainers didn't like me because I was to the rule book. I'm, like I said, control freak. Yeah. I'm to the rule book. Because what I realised when I was a security officer was that train uh, security officers weren't all trained to the same standard. They were trained to the minimum standard, but after that, you know, people just... Uh, different security trainers have... So uh, when I learned security trainers, everyone had the, wanted to interpret their own version of the rules. But there is a rule book for a reason. You say it's a life or death situation at the airport. Yeah. Anyway, so I, I, mean, I wanted to be sure that everyone that learnt from me... Mm. Learn everything correctly, and if I didn't know, I'd say, like, I don't know, I'll go find out. I'll find out 10 minutes later, I'll come back to you. You know, I'd, I'd do that, I'd read the standards of security over and over again. I know yeah. sections of it by heart, but you know, word for word, different paraphrasing and stuff like that. And I was good, and I had senior managers who I'd train up. But anyway, brilliant time, COVID happens, I get told I'm back as a security officer. And wow. for me, I think that got the ball rolling with the whole. Feeling like because shit. it might feel like a demotion. It it was technically a demotion. Of, yeah, it was a like, promotion to a demotion. That's what it was. It was to save money for the company. And although I was happy, I still had a job at that time. But for me, it was just a job. It wasn't a career. I didn't feel like I was going to have a career at Heathrow anymore. And as, as much as I tried to stay positive, saying, oh, you know, if the company goes, if it gets better, then you can go back again. But it was getting worse. It was getting worse. And I was flying. Cases were soaring. It's a spiral, right? It was a spiral. Yeah. Then I was, you know, helping out my friends and taking their stresses on as well. And I was thinking, Okay, uh, but uh, how I dealt with it, like my mum didn't know until I put up a post on Instagram last year in December, or talked wow. about uh, talked about um um thing. She goes, I should she got who who has suffered from mental health herself. I should have I should have been I should have noticed it. No, you shouldn't have noticed it because I kept I keep it with things that are very different for uh, separate from my family. Um, but I think some of my friends at work there was somebody called Sana. I think she saw me coming to work one day. I thought I looked alright, but she looked at me and goes, you ain't doing too good. Yeah, what's what's happening? Yeah, what's happening? Yeah. And I was just like, you know, there wasn't, I didn't feel like it. It didn't feel like it, but my body was showing it. Yeah. My body was showing things that I was trying, trying to suppress. Hide, right? I mean, yeah, suppress. I'm alright, don't worry. You know, because I like to take my own problems. I like to take on problems. Mm. I don't like help. Fair enough. I don't like help. Like, Which, I, I, I guess it's that same thing, right? Man yeah, up unless, or... But the thing is, no, for me, I like to be in control of a situation. So unless I ask for help, do not offer me help. Right. I think I find that insulting because I, for me, it's my own personality. I find it insulting that you don't trust me enough. Right. 
Yeah, so we'll go into that. I was, for the first time ever, I spoke about my feelings to right. my friends. I had my friends Sana, Alia, I had Mohamed, you know, the people that listen to this. Um, I had Sinead, I had Farah, I had my friend Asan. You know, I had my cousin, one of my cousins as well. I could talk, to, I could open up. I never, I've never opened up before like that. And I opened up. It felt good. I felt vulnerable. I feel vulnerable every time I open up. But is and it... And for me, when I feel vulnerable, I think that my wall of protection has dropped and a lot more things can happen to me as well. Right. And I think that might, and I think that's what I was feeling every time I was telling people things. I felt like I was getting worse and worse. Right. Okay, but, so feeling good was less than feeling vulnerable. Yeah. Okay. So... Anyway, I managed to talk to people about it and that kind of relieved some of the stress. Right. That was. And I think people looking looking out for me. It's the first time... I didn't want to say I needed help, but I think people helped me and the first time I was appreciative of people helping me. Okay. I think Rather I need, than I need, asking for the help, yeah, people were actually I doing it. They were helping me. Okay, they were actively doing stuff. Yeah, to... and I think towards... And then I had COVID and think when I had that time away from work as well. I think work itself was a toxic place as well. Where I work, because it feels like I work with children. And, you know, most of my colleagues... Yeah. Shout out um, to you, Heathrow. Um, but yes, um, but you know what? It's a, it was a combination. It was a cocktail of things that I didn't need. And it was a situation I can wholeheartedly put in the fact that I didn't feel in control. I'm a control freak. The only bit of chaos is uh, in my room. Like, my room can be a mess. But that's that balance in life where everything else is all controlled. The room is a yeah, mess. Uh, but how do you feel now? Like, okay. I mean, I'm a lot better. I think that the fact that when I left Heathrow, it wasn't the best time for the first couple of weeks. But now the fact that I've left I feel a lot better, like a weight off as as lifted off my chest. That I feel like I'm a bit more independent now with what I'm doing. Yes, I'm going to look for work that's going to provide me like a monthly income. However, you know, I feel like it was the right time to leave Heathrow. I always said to myself as well that after five years I might leave Heathrow. So it was almost five years. So it's kind of worked. Yeah, things play out in a weird way, right? Oh, At yeah. the end of the day, like, you know, as much as you say you are the controller, we have to f- put our faith back to Allah, right? Mm. Allah is the ultimate controller. Yeah. He is the best of planners. So, yeah, know, so if we have that like, faith in him, then... Yeah, I think, to be honest, I think because of the fact that I overthink and I'm, you know, and everything like that, this is the first time where I've just said, you know, I put my faith in Allah. He will do what's best. Yeah. I think religion in itself has helped. But um, where... I, I don't say where it didn't help, but where I, I needed extra help. And I want to say something now, and I'm going to be completely honest as well, is that I felt that my deen last year dropped. My iman and my faith dropped to a substandard level. Right. And I are think, we talking first year uni level or below that? Or I think first we... year uni level. Okay, right. Like, and the thing is, I don't have an excuse because I have knowledge as well. And for me, I think that might be one of the reasons as well. I went through everything. I, I, Do I you did... think of it as a... Punishment or more like you it, were starting to hate yourself because no, it your was, iman was dropping, it, but because you knew I think there's always a God punishes in this life and the after as well. Of course, but he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't push you to a point where you can't deal with it. Yes. Yeah. He only pushes you to the limit that you can deal with. Yes. But I think it was the guilt, but also the fact that I didn't have that thinking in the back of my head that God's gonna help me. God's gonna help me through this. You know, you know what, what does Islam oh, we'll say? I wasn't thinking about God. You know, I wasn't remembering Him as such. Right. And I think for that, and I just think my salah was coming off a bit and stuff like that. And you know, even this, since I left Heath, I just feel like 
I'm getting closer again, I think. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, you know, I've got the right time Ramadan being around the corner as well. Yeah. And I think I just I just need an Imam booster. I never had it. I never felt the Imam booster last uh, Ramadan. It just didn't feel like Ramadan. It was the first year it didn't feel like Ramadan to me. Not yeah. because it was COVID, because I didn't feel like I was connecting with the religion and God yeah. that year. For me, it was like not being able to go that are we like you know just not being able yeah. to go to the masjid and yeah do yeah. masjidi things yeah. you know like just meeting the usual yeah. people that you would meet on a day uh, you know yeah. on a regular basis yeah so i mean that's how i dealt with it i spoke out i spoke alhamdulillah. up uh, i spoke up i felt good speaking up on instagram as well because once i spoke up on instagram i got over 100 messages on instagram people telling me the stories right and all being guys Wow. And and that shows you that guys don't really talk about the problems, but when they see other people... But they can relate to it. They can relate to it, yeah, and that's them sure. speaking out. For sure. They can relate to it, and they're not seeing themselves as speaking out, but they are speaking out. For sure, for sure. And, for sure. you know, like I say, you know, always be, don't be, and it's not, I know, be a man. I always say be a man, but, you know, be a man in different aspects of obviously carrying yourself as an individual, as yes. a male man. Yes. But in terms of emotional stuff, not everyone's the same. You know, I see my little brother, he's going through his own um, issues as well. But, you know, at the end of the day, I want to say you have to be able or willing to to cope with it, to, to adjust, to help yourself. Yes. And for me, being a control freak, to be able to adjust to something else is slightly more difficult. But you just got to accept the help that's offered to you. Yeah. Talk about it, and you know, I I think religion. Yeah. For me, for, for me, sure. it's not even if there's an atheist listening, thinking, you know, religion, but you know, each their own with that. But you know, for me, it's really you know, yeah, deen, having faith, a faith, you know, having a faith yeah. in something or whatever you have a faith in, it helps you. It a helps being, you know, mm, for an atheist, yeah. maybe universe or, or what yeah. have you, right? Like, whatever their belief may be, but for us, it is. Yeah, and I think, and I think, yeah, and I think. I mean, I think the closest I felt was after Hajj, with the, you know. With, Mate, yeah. trust me. The, I think I was, was going police, smooth, like, yeah. I was fitting up police for like literally two, three months and then your hair starts growing and, you know, things start getting back to normal. Yeah, well, we could always do with a good mind boost. For, sure. for me, sure. yeah, Umrah. It's like, this is the first time I felt like I don't want to go to Dubai. If the opportunity presents to me, if I get Umrah or Dubai, I will go Umrah. Because I need that. Iman, I, need that I need the Iman booster, to yeah. be honest. Um... But yeah, shout out maybe Dubai as well this year. We'll see what happens in Shabbat, affordability and stuff like that. Shabbat. But everything I've got all this going on. But again, sacrifice. Business requires sacrifice. Success requires sacrifice. Yes. It requires time, patience, sacrifice, and attention to detail. Health as well. Health oh, requires yeah. sacrifice yeah. as well. Yeah. You know, sleeping early, sleeping on time, and waking up on time. And yeah, I mean, it depends what kind of work you're doing. See, if I'm just doing. No, I, I yeah, mean, like you yeah, know, trying to get eight yeah, hours of sleep, yeah, but you'd yeah. rather. Yeah, yeah. so so sleep, sleep, get your health. Whatever time you're sleeping, sleep, but get enough sleep. Yeah, yeah. getting enough sleep, it drinking requires enough, a sacrifice. Drinking enough know? water. Of course. Also, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think. No, yeah, we, amazing. Yeah, so that's it. That's me. That's. that's Muhammad uh, Qasim Ashraf. Ashraf. Yeah. So I. I, 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 I what, what is it? MQA, MQA, yeah. Photography, Muhammad that's where MQA come from. Yeah. I, like I was say, trying to yeah. dissect your name. I was just like all over the place. But, yeah. but like I see myself, Alhamdulillah, successful from being the the kid in year three to year seven who cried, who was bullied, who didn't have much to think about. And then to someone who went through high school, got a bit of confidence as well. 
but didn't have the help or the education or the necessary skills to become successful and then having to self-teach myself as well and then seeing others as well Mm. and then eventually learning from mistakes Mm -hmm. and just repeat 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 until you get things right and now I'm here where I am I'm not I'm not gonna say I'm successful but I feel intrinsically I feel somewhat successful I feel I'd feel if I was closer to the religion right now I'm gonna be honest I'd be feeling a lot more successful because at the end of the day this this life on this earth is temporary Absolutely. so I think if I can get my iman up this year inshallah I feel inshallah. a lot more successful but uh, me for me starting my own security firm getting married all that other stuff is not me being successful that's just me adding on to things but I'm at that level now where I think okay I, I could have jumped in front of that train but you didn't I, I didn't but unfortunately some people do and it's it's a sad story it but is, is, and I think you know it's a shame that people don't have that avenue of help but alhamdulillah, you know, I shout out my parents as well. They've been there for me as well. Even though I disagree with them quite a bit, but shout out to my parents but, as well. Yeah, I mean... I'm not saying this because my mum might listen and watch the video as well, but shout out to, you know, you know, they did, they did, they've done their best. Like, dad's work, dad's grafted. He's from back home, you know, you know what I mean? Dad's grafted. He's yeah. not, he might not have been there for me in that sense. No, of course, yeah. But he's but grafted. Mum's been there. She's had to deal with, you know, all, all that stuff. And she they have been, shaped who you are today as well, you know? Family yeah. and... Yeah. It, it does shout out to who you become yeah, yeah. yeah shout out to my uncle man. you know Miller Grand Paradise as well I mean, I a mean. big big influential person in my life I mean. but yeah that's me so well it's yeah. been a it's been a great chat huh that's good wow it's good like therapy isn't it wow yeah it's feels like therapy it, right? it does it, it does, does yeah. feel like therapy. it feels nice just to let it all out yeah it does um but yeah so I'll, I'll take on the outro because it feels a bit do weird. You, yeah, do, do your outro, bro. All right. So the outro is, um, so thank you very much for listening or watching. Hopefully this video does go up. We've been having technical difficulties, but this is a new studio. They do record for us. So hopefully we'll get that. We'll be coming here hopefully a lot more often if Zig Mills doesn't take this place up. So she'll be sat on the sofa as well. So I feel like I'm a celebrity already. That's it. But yeah, so you can follow us on Instagram. Our Instagram is uh, moreinspiration.official. On that page, you'll see a link in our bio, which has, uh, uh, if you open it, it'll go to our podcast uh, platform, our hosting platform. And then you can see uh, a list of links, our Spotify link, our Apple podcast links, and various other platforms as well. We're on quite a few platforms. So if your phone in China isn't Android or iOS, iOS friendly, was it Android friendly? One of them, yes. a certain a Google friendly. They're not Google friendly, so yes, not Android not friendly. Yeah. You've got your Apple Podcasts and stuff like that. So you can follow us, share, subscribe on our YouTube as well. I was surprised I got ten subscribers on the first video. I was like, oh okay. Um, I've got that was a good one. I, I listened to it. Did as well. you? It was really okay. good. But yeah, thank you very much for listening and watching. Please uh, follow us on all our social media platforms. Subscribe, share. And hopefully you'll see hear from us again every Friday, unless we're having technical difficulties, which we've been having quite recently. But thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.